0: indeed here we are for a tuesday
1: edition hanging with us as always triple g i'm mark that's lee we're in the studios of wnsp we're with you for the next three hours right here on the sports station wnsp and wnsp.com apparently round two of whatever it is that we do against the uh, final drive is on for today uh we took round one with a uh well, that was a first-round knockout, quite frankly, in basketball. We now move to the uh, very competitive game of
2: cornhole. I don't know. So anyway, we're going to do that today. Is that going to be on Peacock, or yeah, I be able to s- see it on my network? Well, we'll get at
1: least one game, not the, whole, uh, not the whole series of games, but one game on Peacock, yes. Good morning.
2: When I heard that term years ago, the first person that ever brought that to my attention was Bob Baumhauer. When he used to say we have cornhole, I didn't even know what it meant. I mean, beanbag toss, I get it. Cornhole, I didn't. And then I guess it was a couple of months ago, as I went around the dial, ESPN2 or one of the ESPN stations was showing competition. I found that as exciting as I did watching poker. Did you see what before we get to the peacock story, did you see what the uh, uh, the CW did this weekend? I, I didn't even know it. I didn't realize you were a big fan of the CW. I'm not. ok, but I didn't I wasn't watching it. I just read about it. You know, the uh, live golf tournaments on cW. yeah, they they went into a three-man playoff, and the cW pulled away. they They went to regular programming, yeah. um and of course, I once did a term paper, not a term paper, but a paper on the the most famous sports incident of pulling away was the Heidi game. Uh, Way back when the Jets and Raiders were playing, there was about two minutes to go, and there was a uh, miscommunication, and the uh, network, I guess it was NBC, pulled away and went to Heidi, and it created a storm. The switchboard blew up at NBC. I actually went in and interviewed uh, one of the high-ranking officials when I was in college to do a paper on that. People were really, really upset about it. I think at the time the Jets were leading, and then the Raiders scored two touchdowns in the final minute of the infamous Heidi game. But this first time I've seen something like that since then, and the Live Tour had a three per three-man playoff, and they just bowed out. <laughs> That's it. We're, we'll, we'll go to local programming. I wonder how that went over. Peacock is in the news i don't have it mark you don't have it uh they will get peacock will get exclusivity to a 2024 wild card game on january the 13th now nbc will have the early game at 3:30. now uh in markets in which your team is playing you can still see the game on nbc but other than that you'd have to buy into a peacock now uh nbc universal is paying 110 million dollars for this one game but they also have a regular in their contract is a regular season game which is going to be on december 23rd that's uh obviously two days before christmas it's a saturday night so there's really two games and it's uh it's it's a risk because there's a lot of money coming to the, in, uh, to the uh, nfl for that one playoff game, and can they get enough subscribers to substantiate that? And again, you look at the ratings now, Prime, Amazon, for Thursday night games, Mark, and you and I have that, but I hardly, I'd be honest, I hardly even watched it this year, right, for whatever reasons, but their ratings were right around 10 million. And on Saturday night, wildcard playoff games in the past couple of years have totaled 20 million. I would go with the under- as far as getting a ratings anywhere close to that yes yeah, so there's some issues
1: here we need to tackle with uh streaming services and sports all right as of right now you can get a free version of peacock um which is essentially tv so whether or not this sh- this this game will be available on that tier i'm not sure it's a little early i'm assuming you would generally you have to pay to unlock all the Movies and series and stuff that are that are archived on on the streaming service But I think the bigger issue to your to your point is at what point do these games like prime? Uh, has already started. Do you have to go behind paywalls to get the content? And 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 I think it, it becomes a bigger issue now of at what? At what point does the country do consumers kind of re- rebel <laughs> and revolt against what's happening here because how many of you all have more than, I don't know, three streaming services, right? Like, I think Nick and I actually joked a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was months, it all blends together. You know it would be great is if we could find some sort of entity that carried everything in one big package, and we did. We called it cable, right? So it, what, you know, we all, how many, a little, legitimately, how many streaming services do you guys have at home? I have all of them. And how much do you pay?
3: Uh, or how much are
1: people paying so that you can use their passwords?
3: No, I pay for all of them. And I'm the guy who shares them. It, it's an interesting power dynamic for me. Um, I don't know. What am I paying? 13 for HBO, 12 for Netflix. I guess I'm paying around 80 bucks a month for all of them. That's not bad, actually. Do you have any type of Peacock? I think that's the one that I don't have. I do have Paramount Plus,
2: though. Mark, I think an overriding issue, too, we can talk about the people like us, but the, the sponsors, because that's really the key to this whole thing, giving the sponsors their due, and, and they're only interested in ratings. So, like, if they were sponsoring on Prime, and obviously uh, streaming like that, they want obviously membership and things like that but still the NFL sponsors are really uh, are the ones that have to be taken care of and if they if they're in if they're locked into this and they see the ratings aren't so good it's not so much even subscribers I would think and I don't know for a fact I don't know how much how much prime putting that Thursday night game actually added to their subscriber list maybe it was a lot maybe it wasn't but you know the ratings and, and in fairness the games were most of them were junk anyway I mean people just even al michaels you know got fed up with with some of the games now this year i think their schedule's a little bit better they have a couple of really really good matchups but i think the whole thing is the matchups like on a saturday night peacock i would think first of all it's two uh it's january 13th you already have a playoff game that day on nbc so if the game is not that exciting and the matchup isn't that great I don't know if it's going to create that much of an interest outside of the two markets as far as people subscribing for just one game. I don't know what the subscription cost is. I wouldn't do it. I got enough NFL football. I uh, got plenty of it during the year, and there's enough playoff games now because they, they keep adding playoff games. But I still think it all comes down to sponsorship and the NFL sponsors. And we'll see where that goes. Uh, yep. Now, the game on the 23rd of December is kind of a throwaway game. I mean, two nights or day and a half before Christmas when there's probably not going to be a lot of people home watching games anyway.
3: I would argue that for an NFL playoff game, that's like the one game where everyone will try to watch it no matter the market. So,
1: uh, You think, Mark? I I generally think playoffs will be more watched than, say, the uh, regular season for sure. But Sean's saying in the app, you get Peacock for free if you have Xfinity, Comcast, Internet. Um, Yeah, they do little deals like that. You can get Disney Plus for
3: free if you have Verizon. Yeah. Uh, I'm not that big on Disney Plus.
1: Do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. See, I have, I can't remember, I don't even know what I have anymore. I think I have Netflix, Prime. Disney Plus.
3: What are your top three streaming services that you own?
1: Netflix and uh, and Prime are the top two for sure. I think I think it's then Disney Plus, which I don't even watch. I think those are really the only three I carry. Gotta get on that HBO. Oh, I then. have HBO. Okay, so HBO, so HBO would be three, and then Disney Plus would be four. HBO See, is my number one for sure.
3: Which ones do you
2: have, Lay? Like? Netflix a Hulu guy, right? Yeah, you're a Hulu guy. Netflix, Prime, Hulu, and I watch a lot of Roku. Oh, that Roku TV. Yeah, I have Roku. Yeah. I don't watch a whole lot of it. Is, uh And, and f- was it Freezy or whatever? Freezy, in. Fru-lu? That comes in. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's five. Uh, but Netflix, Prime is the one I watch, and Hulu, the two that I watch the most. Netflix is three, but Roku, because of... Oldies but Goldie shows. I'm trying to think if I have any others on there. I don't have Paramount.
1: See, the problem for the consumer is you wind up getting streaming services to watch very specific things, mm-hmm. right? So you got to grab Netflix to watch, you know, Stranger Things. You got to grab. You, you got to be on Prime for. I don't know whatever you're watching, The Citadel or whatever's out there today. Yeah.
2: Did you it, finish that yesterday?
1: Yeah, I did actually. Well, they they there's only four episodes. They're worth it. Uh, yeah, it's not I bad. It's have, I heard that's uh, one of the most
3: expensive TV shows ever made.
1: It's it's your typical streaming service, uh, series though, right? Uh. They kind of rush some stuff. There's some plot holes in there. Uh, uh. it's 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 your typical streaming. I mean, the the idea and the concept, it, it's it it pulls you in, but it, it's not always executed as well as
3: it could See, be. I, I feel like like how you're saying you wait on Stranger Things. You know the, that Winning series only on drops HBO. once every two years, and then they all come out on the same day, so it's just kind of like, what am I right. paying for in
1: between? Exactly. That's the and that's the problem. That that's the problem. That's the problem with these streaming wars, and I I do think I do think people would run, absolutely run. To a system like cable, if that were available again, where you could get all of those streaming services in one big bundle for a reasonable price, so I think people would run – I think much, people
2: would would riot for it. So how much do you pay – I don't want to get too technical and be too nosy, and maybe you don't even want to say it publicly about how much per month – and I'm including everything, the cable, Wi-Fi, the whole deal. I'm up around with Netflix probably around 200 a month. And that's for... Wi-Fi. And and it's part of the cable that goes with Xfinity. And then, of course, we have to pay extra for Netflix. And with
1: Xfinity, do you get programming, too?
2: Or do you just get the Internet through them? We get the Internet and cable. Yeah. We get programming. I get Prime, Hulu, on something that was put into my system by my son. (laughs) I have no idea none
3: i forgot that i have a uh, youtube tv to watch live games and stuff i steal that from root i don't think he knows that though <laughs>
2: <laughs> so do, do you uh, are you up around
1: oh yeah I, I don't know exactly the ceo of my and the cfo of my company takes care of that for us but yeah we, we yeah. i know this we constantly talk about we need to change what we do because we spend way too much
2: i agree I think we do, we're too. We're always
1: having that conversation. It's just a question of being able to find things that we – because I like to have a DVR and be able to uh, uh, go back and uh, rewind live stuff and all the whole deal and pause stuff because of
2: what I do for my for a job. Has Netflix come down yet when they, they came out? Well, they're always coming out with something. They were, they were saying like uh, months ago there was talk about, well – you can get it much cheaper if you have commercials. Now I heard that they're really going to crack down on stealing.
1: Yeah, I don't know if they've done anything on the whole password sharing thing. Yeah, I don't know. There are ad-supported uh, uh, plans for most streaming services, uh, but we've been programmed to go without ads for so long. It's difficult to sit there and watch commercials, especially on a streaming. Well,
2: service. I wouldn't have a problem because see I, Hulu and Prime they do have commercials, so I'm used to it. Yeah. And I don't watch as much Netflix as maybe you do. There's nothing uh, – t- every time I go check it out, it seems like it's the same old movies, same yeah. old series. Now, they do – I mean, every now and then they put a new thing in there, but not not that many.
3: They don't, I feel like they haven't made any good shows on there lately. On Netflix? Why, what's the, yeah, what's the last big Netflix show that came out?
2: To me, Ozark.
3: Yeah, and that came out what, a year yeah. and a half ago?
2: I haven't seen anything. Have you uh, – is Mother on there, that movie Mother?
1: See, here's my problem, and my pe- the people at my house laugh at me. I can never remember which show we're watching on which streaming say, service. Exactly. I'll be like, is that Netflix or Prime? I think Mother is Netflix. Is that with Jennifer Lopez? Yes. yes.
2: And that's something mm-hmm. that's— She's like the badass mom res- or whatever, like we be, sniper. We may be streaming that today. Now, I did, <laughs> I did yesterday. I didn't watch it at all because I had seen it, but uh, for my wife's sake, uh, put air on yeah she really really liked that but that's prime that's not yes, netflix that is indeed
1: all right so obviously we're going to talk a lot about the streaming services today as peacock uh, it is announced that peacock will carry an nfl wild card game don't worry when the saints are in it we'll get it because it's local in market it won't be a problem we'll get it on nbc affiliate so uh coming up today we'll talk to spring hill baseball coach walker burlington at 6 30 dave green will be along Travis at 7 to 5. We'll have Chick-fil-A. Uh, Jamie Ferguson, the Bayside AD and soccer coach will join us at 7.30. Phillip Rivers in hour number three, along with Eric Edholm of NFL.com. Here comes your first scoreboard traffic and weather of the day. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Hey,
0: this is Jake
4: Coker, quarterback at Alabama. Oh, I'm listening to the radio. I'm listening to WNSB. It's
1: show Ways drive right center field that ball is long gone off the top of the fence protecting Utah Street from a Shohei Ohtani rocket all right 625 welcome back in the opening kickoff Mark Lee and Triple G
2: right here in the uh, studios of WNSP wasn't one of his better pitch games Ohtani went seven innings gave up three homers only four hits got the win he's five and one but at the bat incredible four hits Uh, missed the uh, cycle by just a double so
1: do you think he who's the better hitter he or uh bill's quarterback josh allen you saw where he took some bp yeah
2: i'd say otani you say otani i say otani yeah uh
1: hit us up who do you who do you think what non-baseball player would excel at the plate josh allen hit four home runs in toronto bp yesterday I mean, the dude's a monster.
2: Yeah, but it's lob pitching. He's not facing curveballs and all that other stuff these pitchers throw these days. Sticky balls, things like that.
1: So, hit us up in the app. Let me know who you guys think might uh, might succeed at the plate. LeBron.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got a message here from Dr. Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. All right. Uh, located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. Uh, if you need any kind of... Oral uh, surgery, uh, dental implants, wisdom teeth, draw uh, surgery, reshape your mouth. Uh, if something goes wrong, give Dr. Christopher Monix and his office a call at 471-3381. And I highly recommend them. You don't need a recommendation. Uh, very professional organization. Very personable. And they make things very easy. In fact, you know, yesterday I had to go somewhere for uh, a medical It took me, I don't know, 15 minutes to fill out paperwork. I never had to fill out paperwork at Dr. Mullenix's office. Uh, Just a, a quick here, there, name, and all that. And I'm in there, and before you know it, I'm out. And as I say all the time, the next day, no pain and very, very little discomfort. So that's Christopher Mullenix, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery.
1: So generally speaking, would a quarterback, what position on the football field would translate best to hitting a baseball. Like a lot of the quarterbacks played
3: baseball, like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Right. Wilson was a minor. Kyler leader. Murray.
1: Right. So, would do you have to be more coordinated?
2: You just have to as, have a, as
1: a as a as a quarterback than you would be like a running back
2: or a receiver to to. Ricky Williams played baseball. Did he really? Yeah, he did. He played minor league baseball. Um. Again, it comes down to that—you know—high, that, you know, that eye-hand coordination. Hitting a baseball is so difficult, especially today with guys throwing ninety-nine and everything. And now we're talking—you know—yesterday, Allen's taking batting practice. They just lobbed the ball and to make him, you know, give him easy pitches to hit. But he wasn't facing major league pitching, so it's a big difference. Otani's facing facing major league pitching.
1: Because a lot of times you get guys out there that are professional athletes, but look so. Well,
2: how about this, Mark? Have you ever seen the difference, hardball, and I've seen friends of mine who played hardball, but they couldn't hit a softball. Huh. They they just, because their swing is so, I guess, In, in as far as going after a hardball, but then you have these, and that, back when I was talking about lob pitching softball, they had trouble hitting it, so a, a difference even there. Uh, our great hardball hitters, good softball hitters. In the, you the app, ever co- been, you ever been hitting the head with a softball? They're not
1: soft. No, they're not. You got hit? One time. That would explain a lot. Uh, Quarterback offensively at the plate, DBs defensively in the outfield, according to our app. That makes sense. We can discuss. Uh, Spring Hill baseball coach Walker Burlington next. Stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. two thanks for hanging with us the opening kickoff you heard the promo that's right cornhole round two of our little mini olympics the opening kickoff versus the final drive today we took round one of i what i believe is a three-round competition so uh i'm sure you'll get the latest updates on how that went this afternoon
2: the uh, audio there that, uh, that was clay's uh brother uh with the walk off walk for the winning Dodger run in the 12th inning NAIA national baseball tournament as uh, I mentioned in the scoreboard uh, Columbia College defeated Mobile in the first game 10 to 7 they'll have game two today Spring Hill College getting ready to leave for Tampa Walker Billington is the head coach his first year at Spring Hill and they are the number eight seed in the upcoming NAIA regional Walker good morning thanks for taking time to join us I know these are busy times for you good morning
5: Good morning. How are you doing?
2: Wonderful. So, what's uh, what what what's on the itinerary to get ready to go down to Tampa?
5: Um, apparently, it's pack everything we have at the facility and somehow manage to get it on the bottom of the bus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like this morning. Now we. Uh, you know, basically it's just been prep and reps and, and uh you know, scouting reports, trying to gather information. Uh, we always get the boys an itinerary, our responsibilities, V P plan, all that good stuff, and then our, our team captains help us kinda divvy out responsibilities, get it packed up and we'll head down today, um, have a practice day tomorrow and then we lace them up play Thursday.
2: Yeah, and uh, as far as the seeding goes, how do you feel about that? You go as the A seed, you open up with the top seed, Tampa. Notoriously, they're always a very good baseball program. What do you know about them this year?
5: Uh, you know, much of the same. Um, you know, it's a program with a lot of national titles. It's a program with talent. It's a, it's a program that competes nationally nationally. Um, for, for talent for kids that come out of high school now with just huge tampos for a lot of the power fives more type schools. They're loaded top end talent to, to back end talent. They've got some orders that control, it a couple guys that run. But they've always been solid defensively and swing the bats and it's always tough playing an opponent, um, you know, at their place, but hey, that's that's the way it falls and you know, with with the way that division two baseball is set up and you're, you're looking at an eight seed going to play Tampa. Will we be more of a March Madness style? Would it be BD8? those Um You know, but it, it is what it is, and, and we've got to go down there and play. And then the South Regional as a whole is is pretty impressive. So, you look across the South 1 and South 2 regions, you know, it's a bunch of top 25 teams um, every single year. So, it's a gauntlet, but, you know, that's, that's, that's why we play
2: walker replaced uh frank sims after frank put in what 30 35 years coaching spring hill how would you sum up your first regular season and winning the uh the postseason conference tournament walker uh, how would you uh evaluate it
5: well you know, there's always going to be uh ups and downs. year one um i was just really really proud of our team um you know we uh Regular season was was up and down. We had some really good wins. We had some bad losses. Trying to to kind of find our way, figure out you know who we are as a group, getting to know each other, um, and, and baseball just like any other sport, you get hot at the right time. You know we made a couple changes at the end of the regular season, um, go into the tournament, and it, it lined up pretty special. We played three teams that had beat us. Um, in the conference tournament and, and beat all three. So played really, really well. So to see that growth out of our group and 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 have a group that showed that kind of resiliency and come together in, in the conference tournament and play the way we did uh, was pretty special, uh, especially for year one. You know, we're a young group that, uh, that took some time to figure it out. And then towards the end of the year, like I said, got it going. And conference tournament championship was pretty special. A lot of guys... Played up to to their full potential and maintained it for four days in a row. You know, early early mornings, long days. Um, it, it, it's it's pretty special the way that uh, they they brought it together at the end.
2: Did you tell me yesterday we had a conversation that you actually did radio work that you were involved with the media?
5: Yes. So I that uh, was one of my first jobs. I was super lucky to work with, uh, with, with a guy named Mike Crapel of WCRK 1057 uh, Horsetown, Tennessee, so I'd I always loved it that SAA, he covered our high school games, which is kind of like gave me the itch to, to want to go do it, and I ended up doing color for baseball, um, cooler for basketball, and sideline line 40 for football, so I so did a lot of that. Um, I did some podcast work through religious summer ball. Um, you know, I, I love this stuff. Doing, doing interviews, just talking ball, it's it's a good
1: time, man. So, criticize what we do here at the opening kickoff. What would you see? What, what do you think that uh, I could do better or what the league could do better based on your experience?
5: I mean, just, you know, calling them at 630. Where are we doing? You, know, like, <laughs> you know, we got to get out. <laughs> We're thinking more noon, right? You got a burrito in hand. You got the phone in <laughs> the other, you're feeling good. And I would say it's more just about time management, fellas. Yeah,
1: I I think that's a fair point. I think we could we could probably reassess what we do here. I think that's a great call. I've said for years we should go seven to ten, not six to nine. But I think that was I felt like that was more of a selfish move on my part. But I I feel like that's gaining steam.
5: Absolutely. How long of a
2: trip you looking at getting down to Tampa with stops and so forth?
5: Uh, probably going to be about eight, eight and a half. It's a, a little bit of a ride, but we'll, we'll take our time, whether we'll leave early this morning, um, stop and get the guys lunch. Um, we'll get there for, get there, check in at the hotel, go we'll get these guys some dinner, and then the plan is get up tomorrow, have some have some breakfast, and then we go practice at the facility there. Um, you know, in, in regionals, everybody gets a, a little 60-minute practice just to kind of get there, fill it out, take a little BP, um, and then we'll obviously go over scout reports, have our, have our prep, and, and then Thursday, 1 o'clock. So it, it says multiple times online if you're looking, but Thursday is at 1 o'clock uh, versus Tampa. So uh, that's game one, and then obviously the rest of the tournament depends on how that game goes. And, um, it's a big one, and I think our guys are, are ready and looking forward to
2: it. Walker, thanks so much for joining us. I know these are busy, busy times. We'll check in with you. Hopefully, you'll bring back a uh, regional victory. Good luck. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I do want to mention, you know, John Ricchetti yesterday mentioned the um, state golf championship going on. Uh, Francis Brown to UMS Wright, shot a 6-under-66 for the top round at the Alabama High School athletic association golf tournament on day one they finish up today ums right boys did well sure christian also uh did well but we'll see if any of them bring back a, a blue map tomorrow you know when he was talking about the trip to tampa i used to take quite a few trips with the jag baseball team and they sometimes mark would break up the trip by stopping let's say at a, i won't say like an am- amusement but some kind of park I, I remember the first time i don't remember the park we stopped at but it was I don't know if it was more on, on uh, sea life or whatever. but uh, And, of course, they go to Bush Gardens every now and then when we went down to Tampa also to kind of, you know, highlight the trip besides playing, you know, the baseball with that long trip they had to take. Most of the time, the bus broke down on the way down. Hmm. Watch like a uh, – watch a dolphin show or something. Can't remember. It was the first trip we ever took. We stopped somewhere. And I don't remember if it was so much amusements or just kind of like going around like SeaWorld or something like it wasn't SeaWorld per se, but it I think it had that same effect.
1: Sea City. Maybe not a whole world,
3: just like a village. Oh, I know they have some uh some type of lawsuits going on at Sea City, if SeaWorld's dealing <laughs> with some stuff. <laughs> I know Sea City, they're they've gotta be the real shady
1: one. Um you guys can jump in at 694-1055. So we're talking about which athletes would do well at the plate and you talked about how difficult it was with uh like softball and and, and baseball. It reminds me every once in a while you'll get like these these universities will put out like these promotional videos where the football team will try to hit the softball pitcher. Like they'll go get in the pl- they'll go up against the softball team and they're usually whiffing pretty good. We brought this up cuz Josh Allen took some BP and, and put four in the stands. So we started talking about which guys would would ultimately be good hitters who don't play baseball.
2: Could he uh, hit against D'Amico Ryans, the new coach of the Texans, pitched uh, the first pitch yesterday at the, Braves tex- at the Braves-Texas game yesterday, although it didn't go well for Texas, but he threw out the first pitch. So
1: That would make the ceremonial first pitch even better. So not only have a guy or a celebrity come out and throw the first pitch, have somebody at the plate trying to hit it. I feel like that
3: would more often than not lead to a disappointing outcome of them missing. Or, or
1: hear me out, a brawl. Right? How often do these guys actually throw a strike anyway? So with no. a guy standing oh in, no, in the no, Megan the
3: Stallion just hit
1: Lizzo with a pitch. She's charging the mound. <laughs> exactly. That's just good quality. I would stream that on any streaming service. <laughs> All right. Uh, on the news of this NFL stuff. We want uh, streaming on Peacock, a wild card game. What's your favorite streaming service and why? We're talking about the, what are the most popular programs or movies or whatever ever produced by each single streaming service? Like, so Netflix, is it is it Stranger Things? The is Irish it House Man. of Cards? <laughs> yeah, The Irishman. The best and the worst. That's what we'll do. The best and worst streaming options on each streaming service netflix it's got to be stranger things or house of cards right
2: ozark Ozark. that's mine
3: good. and then with the worst ones on netflix that's just an infinitely long list
2: yeah if kevin spacey had stayed with house of cards i might have leaned to that yeah, but well. unfortunately yep uh the, the sixth season wasn't so great without him but yeah, well that's, well. His, that's on him.
1: Yeah, that's definitely yeah, that's on him.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> not, not, not much negotiation power right I'll there. I'll tell you what was
3: the, probably the worst show I've seen on Netflix in a while. It was this cooking show, and they were trying to like recreate snacks. So they'd go to the vending machine, and it would be like Cheetos. And then they'd have to go in the kitchen and try and recreate Cheetos, and whoever could get closest to it would win. But there were these two hosts— and they kept claiming themselves to be comedians, mm. and they never said anything funny. It was the cringiest stuff I ever have seen, but the, the contestants were always just laughing their ass off at everything they said, and it just filled me with, with so much rage watching that
2: show. I uh, went to switch. Y- he I did. I watched <laughs> two episodes. Yeah, well why did why'd ah. you even go that far? Sometimes I, I
1: you need an episode or two see, to get like, into
2: it.
3: I was like, okay, maybe maybe they're having to really explain the rules in episode one, and maybe it'll be more lighthearted and funny in the next one. No, no, no. N- no it was
1: horrible. Like, I saw, I saw, uh, I kept scrolling, but I don't know if it was Prime or Netflix. It was Santa Shark. What is that? Like Shark Tank, but no, it was like a shark. Oh, but he's Santa Claus? Yeah. I didn't I didn't even click on it. I just kept stro- I just kept going through it. I I I'm gonna nominate that for potentially worst. See, and then like
3: if you go over to HBO, the good stuff, it's unlimited. I mean, you got every new Warner Brothers movie that's come out. You got Winning Time. When's that coming back? Uh supposed to be this summer.
1: Ugh, I was just getting rid of it. I was gonna get rid of HBO too. You got Barry uh, Someone said Squid Games on Netflix. Oh, yes. yeah,
3: I loved Squid Games. <laughs> How <laughs> could I forget? That's a good one.
1: <laughs> How can you forget when after you've had so many nightmares after watching season one of Squid I know, Games? I no, went, I went to Squid Games for
3: Halloween. Yeah. Did you? The year it came out, yeah. I was number the whatever the main guy was. Yeah,
1: that's a tough one.
3: Lee, I would not would recommend seven squ- maybe? Squid Games for you.
1: Well, you
2: know I'm not going to watch that. Okay.
3: No well, way.
1: season two's coming out, so I didn't know if you wanted to get no. season one. Although hit. with the writer strike, I'm not sure. Oh yeah. Well, and then you got Hulu, and Hulu's the place to go
3: for for me at least for all the sitcoms and stuff, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Modern Family, The Simpsons. I feel like that's where Hulu. That's Lee's home
1: home away from home. Hulu. You're a Hulu
2: guy. Hulu and Roku now. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, Crackle. Uh, anybody on Crackle?
2: No.
1: <laughs> I've heard of it.
3: Uh, Someone uh, said Tubi.
1: Apple TV best for Ted Lasso I don't have Apple TV I think I would uh, like Apple TV Severance
3: on Apple TV Plus. Plus First off Let's shorten that name if we can But um, <laughs> Severance, that's the best show on TV right now And it's being delayed because of the writer's strike Yeah Let me get in there and write that second season
1: Alright, here you guys go Coming up next, David Green, Travis Rar, And uh, Chick-fil-A all back to back to back So Buckle in, folks. We're wrapping up hour number one next right here on the sports station, WNSP.
6: Hey, this is Showtime boxing analyst Steve
5: Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP.
2: Sports station WNSP. Let's bring in uh, David Green of the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. David, welcome to the opening kickoff this Tuesday. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning. We're doing wonderful. So instead of talking about accidents on the road and cars and things, let's shift attention to boats and boat safety, especially now with kids getting out of school. And I see more and more boats on the road. I'm sure they're going down to the to the great waters here. What advice do you have as far as insurance and, and keeping everybody safe with boating?
7: Well, I think it's very important to make sure, first of all, that uh, anyone that's operating a boat, that they have a boater safety course. There are so many boater safety courses out there. They're really, really good. Our 14-year-old Alex, your buddy, uh, just got his license, and uh, he I made him go through a course, and it's pretty intense. It takes uh, several days to, you know, working on it in the afternoons or evenings, it's online. Uh, it's really a great course to learn the rules and regulations, and just so they can understand uh, – gosh, there are a lot of things he told me about that I didn't know about. I've been voting been for a lot of years. But real important to get a voter safety course, if you're one of the folks that's required to have insurance, make sure that you get – not insurance. Make sure one of the folks that's required to have – pardon me, my water's running for my, my ferns. I'm sorry. I had to stop a second. Um, but if, if it's if you're one of the folks that's eligible that has to have – a license. Make sure you have a license. There's some. You can go online and figure out what that is. As far as you know, the the dates that you were born and that sort of thing. How old you are. But uh, as far as the younger folks, uh, make sure that your your kids are getting the motor safety course. And if it's required, they they certainly need to make sure they get a license.
2: So, is there a, a age requirement, a limitation on like you said, Alex is what 14? Can you actually get one? Y- can you get one younger than that?
7: You actually uh, you can uh, you can't operate by yourself, but there's some regulations. As, as young as 12, uh, you can actually uh, operate with someone with you, but you need to look at the rules. Uh, 14, you can operate by yourself, and uh, which is really neat in our household. He can he can help us out a little bit there, but uh, gosh, you can get a license as early as 12 um, as a resident here in Alabama, and uh, gosh, uh, but you know you really don't want you know many 12 year olds running around out there. I know. our places the beach is very busy and uh but uh, of course there's several of the neighbor kids that are that that actually have their license and uh they're they're very safe but one of the other things that's really not required is you do not have to have insurance on your boat but gosh i really encourage you to, to have insurance you need to make sure you have adequate insurance in case something happens out there
2: do you get many accident boating accident cases come before your office
7: you know surprisingly we've had a number of them uh we had one a couple of years ago, really, really bad, uh, where a fellow broke his femur and uh, in an accident, just a horrific, horrific type injury. But they're out there. They occur. uh, People just really need to to pay attention. Uh, One of the problems that we see uh, more so uh, than we actually see in automobile accidents is uh, people drinking and boating. And so uh, very common that folks are, are under the influence of alcohol. So I would encourage people, if you're going to have a good time and drink, uh, have someone that's a designated boat driver, boat operator. And I'll tell you, the Marine police, uh, all the folks are out. They're paying attention, and they're arresting people. So it's a uh, certainly a, a big problem, and uh, we need to make sure we're safe on the waterways.
1: David, how can people who need information get that information? When's the best time to give you guys a call?
7: Yeah, it's very simple. You go to com anytime, or you can come by 51 North Florida Street here in Midtown Mobile, or the Forbes building in downtown Birmingham. You'll see Ben Warren up there.
1: Hey, man, thanks for everything, man. We really do appreciate it. We'll be in touch. All right, guys, take care.
2: See you. Bye. David Green of the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. You know, one of our favorite guests over the years has been Carlton Marshall, established himself as the all-time leading tackler. Mark, I see where he signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the Canadian Football League. I'm curious, does he, does he have to get a passport to play up there in Canada? Uh. And if he does, I hope he has more success getting it quicker than I've been able to get one. But I, I'm wondering. I thought, I've thought i heard that you – I think you do need one, don't you, if you go to – I would think so if you're crossing the border. Country lines. Yeah, and he signed. So did Eric Garar, who I remember so well at McGill because he wore number five and I used to get number five confused with the uh, other running back, but he is signed with the Tennessee Titans. He came out of, uh, he played at Louisiana, but I'm so happy for Carlton. I hope this winds up being a very successful pro career, no matter what league he's in. Okay.
1: Speaking of uh, football, our guy, uh, or not our guy, but uh, Nick's guy, Matt Ryan, hanging him up, but not hanging him up.
2: Yeah, how does that work? You're you're taking a job with CBS, which seems like a nice gig. You'll be doing some studio, maybe some in-game, but he says, I'm not retiring. So does that mean as the season progresses and a team needs a quarterback, they could give him a call and he'll just come out of the broadcast booth and take over?
1: What do you think? He's got some stuff left in the tank.
2: I
3: actually don't think he does, Mark. What? Look. I love Matt Ryan. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Seventh all-time in passing yards, people. Fifth all-time in completions. Top ten in passing touchdowns. He's going to retire as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history. And he's going to be an even better broadcaster. You see, when one door closes, another door opens. That's the thing about greatness. It doesn't just fade away. You find ways to bottle it and put it into other avenues. So I'm very excited to hear Matt Ryan on the call this year. And yep. I can't wait to see that
1: big bronze bust of him. <laughs> when they
3: put well, you it have in to Canton. wait at
2: least five years, don't you?
1: There, is there anybody out there besides Nick who thinks he's one of the greatest quarterbacks ever? Yeah, I didn't think so. Former MVP, former Rookie of
3: the Year, greatest Atlanta Falcon of all time. It's like being the tallest short guy. Gotta he's be better worn. than Julio. Uh, yeah. No, no, he's not. Yeah, stop. Matt Ryan won the MVP. Stop. Just Julio. Stop. Those last three years in Atlanta, he was pretty lackluster. Matt wasn't Julio's great in the latter into
1: his career either. So just I need more you than d- a
3: thousand yards don't and think eight the, touchdowns. Uh, the
2: fifteen fumbles or thirteen interceptions didn't impress you that no, final year.
1: No, no. All right, this is why we don't let him talk. Talk—that's that's all I've heard this morning. Travis Fryer is going to join us next. We'll have some Chick Fil A in hour number two as well to give away. Uh, Jamie Ferguson, Bayside AD, and Soccer Coach set to join us as well. Philip Rivers—we'll ask Philip if he could get in there and uh, Josh Allen a little BP. Eric Edholm will also join us too. So stay with us. We got plenty left here on a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff.
0: Here we
1: are, hour number two. Thanks for hanging with us uh, on this Tuesday edition. Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios of WNSB.
2: Got a couple of headlines to mention. The number one college football prospect for 2024 is uh, quarterback Dylan Rayola. He's out of Phoenix, Arizona, and he is committed to Georgia over Nebraska, which raise some eyebrows because his dad played at nebraska and those were the two schools that were very much involved with him also i saw a story earlier today mark that uh, ryan williams who has committed to alabama is third in the nation as a prospect for 2025 so certainly no surprise there mr football as a sophomore in the state of alabama uh in baseball we told you about Otani, uh becomes the first pitcher since 1964 as a hitter and a starting pitcher to reach base five times in a game, he got the win. And tonight, game one, Lakers and Denver. Alabama has set their homecoming. It's going to be the Arkansas game October 14th, but they obviously haven't set a time for that. Let's bring in Travis Ryer from Bama Online 24-7. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
8: I'm great. How are you guys?
2: Wonderful. Um, the baseball team wins two out of three at Texas A&M, but what really got my attention. The Sunday game was delayed seven hours and they still played the game, which really surprised me because that's the getaway date. I, I can't ever remember a program that you know that they have that lengthy and why was it so important to get that game in rather than let the team get back to Tuscaloosa?
8: Well, I know uh, I think going into the weekend you had a, a group of teams even in the SEC West that I think were 11 and 13 so you know there were some things to sort out i'm sure in terms of uh, the race for hoover uh it's obviously very very important um you know and you're also through the spring semester so i don't think classes were a concern for monday um as far as, as that goes so um, maybe it would have been different had that been the case uh but i want to say pretty much these schools are into interim, as far as exiting the spring semester. And, um, you know, it is a quick turnaround for these teams, though, because you go into a Thursday through Saturday setup with Hoover coming up next week. So you get back to Tuscaloosa late Sunday night and uh, turn around, have Ole Miss coming up on Thursday, but at least you did it with a convincing win.
2: Boyd Nation was on yesterday. He, he says Alabama is pretty much a shoe in to get into the NCAA regional tournament. How do you see it?
8: Yeah, I think they are at this point. I mean, 13 SEC. And with their RPI being what it is, top 15 now, that you know, if they sweep Ole Miss coming up this weekend, finish 16 and 14 in the regular season in the SEC, and uh, maybe make a little noise in Hoover, they could be in the in the mix for a, a hosting spot. So, you know, I think that's maybe a little bit too far out there, getting a little over your skis to consider at this point. But, I got to think, from just a pure regional presence uh, standpoint, they're in great shape.
2: You know, and and we talk about that with the uh, the gambling scandal that cost the head coach's job. Programs could have fallen apart at that point. They seem to have gotten better.
8: They have. I think they've won five out of six SEC series, and um, you know, to go on the road and, and lose the first game. Uh, to A&M and then turn around and outscore the Aggies 23-1 to 1 in games 2 and 3 on the road. Just very impressive. Uh, and That's coming off the hills of a, a series win over Vanderbilt in Tuscaloosa. So uh, Look to be playing their best baseball at the right time and they've overcome more than even just the uh, head coach situation, which is enough in its own right obviously, but you know, they've had some injuries to their pitching staff that they've worked uh, through and um, they're getting their veteran guys going collectively, it seems like, at the right time of the season offensively. Pinkney and um, a young guy like Shelton. Um, but you've got Jarvis there in the middle of that infield providing stability. Uh, they know who they are right now. As much as you would think they wouldn't <laughs> from a player perspective and give Jason Jackson a lot of credit stepping in there in the interim role, um, they're pretty stable right now.
2: Do you know much about this Andrew Pickney? He was, what, one of the players of the week in the SEC for Alabama. Didn't he hit, like, a whole bunch of home runs?
8: Yeah, he had two in one game. I had two three-run shots in game two against Texas A&M. And, um, you know, he's kind of been building to this point over the last couple of years. Uh, you could see it sort of coming with him. Uh, but he's fulfilling it uh, right now, I'd say. Very, very good all-around player. Uh, can run, has towel. Two guys with three home run series at, in conversation Station between Pinckney and uh, and Shelton.
2: Talking to uh, Travis Ryer of Bama Online. Let me ask you about the softball team. I read where Montana Fouts was hurt last week. Uh, I guess in the conference tournament. Will she be okay when they st- they host the regional this Friday?
8: Yeah, we're still, I think, waiting to get more of a, a definitive word on her status. So, uh, it was a very pleasant surprise, I think, for Patrick Murphy and his team to see them, uh, see their team on the five line when the, the seeding came out. You uh, know, well, a good year. Uh, they've had their ups and downs, but there's no question. Their postseason chances ride heavily, if not almost entirely, on the right arm of Montana Fouts, and you can look at their numbers when she's in the circle versus when she's not, uh, just to, to have that made extremely clear. So, um, you know, you hope for her sake as much as anything that as she comes to the close of her Alabama career, it doesn't end with her watching from the dugout and that she's able to uh, be out there in some form or fashion. And then and, and again, not just because this team needs her that much. But uh, for everything she's provided to Alabama and the program and the positive influence she has been on so many folks with an emphasis on young people, uh, you just would like to see her out there.
2: Football-wise, Elijah Brown, the tight end, had entered the portal. He has transferred to Florida Atlantic. Is Alabama well-fortified in the tight end position this coming year?
8: Yeah, you know, they went out and and, and got C.J. Dupree the tight end from Maryland uh, out of the portal early on in the process, and he was able to go through spring practice with Alabama, and he's expected to be at the top of that tight end list. So they are very much – I think they had seven scholarship tight ends going into January or uh, coming out of December. So you expected some movement there, um, and Elijah has done that. Uh, so they're still in good shape from a numbers perspective, scholarship guys. And uh, they kind of are looking for another guy to go along with Dupree, maybe Robbie Oots, who missed spring practice after uh, recovering from off-season. Uh, surgery is going to be that guy. Um, they got a young guy in Danny Lewis that did some really positive things in the spring, too, that I would keep an eye on. Amari Nyblack is – Along those lines of that flexible tight end that you can split out a little bit, get him into the slot, throw the football to him. So they've got a variety of of skill sets. Um, Again, I think Dupree is the one guy right now that brings them all together. Uh, But I think they're okay from a depth standpoint.
2: So they brought in two defensive backs in the last week or so. Do you anticipate Alabama adding more uh, uh, transfer portal players?
8: Never say never in the portal era because it's uh, literally a 365-day thing. And I know we have the windows now. And, uh, you know, if you're an underclassman, you've got these designated periods when you can get into the portal. And, you know, we recently closed a window on April the 30th. But with grad transfers uh, and the freedom of movement that they enjoy uh, every day of the year, Um, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't go as far as to to be definitive in saying they're done. I would say you would think they are done at this point. So uh, you knew they needed to add some depth and some competition there in the secondary, both at corner and in safety, and it looks like they were successful in doing that here the last couple weeks. Obviously, Tyler Buckner coming in at the quarterback position, probably the biggest surprise of the five portal additions that they've added here in the offseason Dupree again made a lot of sense at tight end um Trez Marshall you figured at linebacker they wanted to stay old or older anyway at that position with the attrition that they had there so um I would say they're set but um again uh, the, the, the portal is, is never truly closed at, at any extended stretch
1: hey Travis uh when there is portal news, and there certainly will be at some point, how can people find the latest and greatest on everything going on in there?
8: Just go to com or alabama.247sports.com. Either way will get you to us.
2: Hey, have a great week. Thank you,
8: Travis. Thank
2: you. Hey, Mark, I've come up with, at this point, and that could change tomorrow, the ultimate transfer portal story. Seth Towns, you familiar with him? I'm Seth not. Towns? Okay. Started his basketball career at Harvard in 2016. 2016. I'm doing the math. Okay, seven years ago. Yeah. His name has appeared on the NCAA transfer portal. Former Ivy League player of the year. He transferred to Ohio State. Okay. He has missed four of the last five years with injuries. He enters the portal at the age of 26.
1: But he's only been to two schools?
2: Yeah. Ah, But injuries, so... He, and according to this story, he still has two years of eligibility remaining, which if he latches on to a school, he could be 28 before he leaves. And he would be, be older he, than most of the uh, NBA players. He,
1: he might be the oldest college athlete to never go play baseball and come back
2: in the history of the sport. Very true. That's a very good point. How's that? I'm not familiar with him, but his name is in the portal. 26 years young. Uh, and again, injuries have set back his career, but he's, uh, he's recovered, he said, and now he wants another opportunity. All right, so we've hit a couple of different topics today. Uh,
1: obviously, the news of Peacock broadcasting in a wild card game this upcoming season uh, has made some waves. Your, your thoughts on the idea of streaming? Uh, and for the first time, uh, it will be exclusive uh, on a streaming service unless uh, you're in the town of the two teams playing in their markets. You'll, you'll get it locally, but um, this is kind of where we're headed, guys. Where you you need to be streaming, or you need to have all these different streaming services to get information, all these tidbits and pr- programming. You know, we talk about all the different streaming services that we have, and you know, if only we had one place where you could get it all. And kinda we did. It I was had- called
2: cable, and. I wish I had information. Kind of wish we had it back when the NFL went prime. Amazon, yeah. If any reports came out as to how that helped their subscription, in other words, was there a big up uh, uptake on subscriptions when they went to that Thursday night game? I don't have an answer for it. I don't know if it's out there or not. And I guess I would ask uh, anybody who wants to weigh in: Would you subscribe to Peacock just to get the one NFL wild card game?
1: Uh, I, yeah, and then we're asked, what's the best and worst offerings from each streaming service? Like, what's the best thing you've ever seen on Netflix or on Prime or on HBO Max or whatever your, you know, your streaming service is? And more importantly, what's the worst? We'll we'll get we'll we'll take that running uh poll question with us throughout the course of our day. Let's get your scoreboard, traffic, and weather when we come back. Though Lee's got you a little Chick Fil A. How about that? A little Chick Fil A. Turn those frowns upside down on, a, on an early week edition of the only opening kick. What are you in the mood for? Salad today. Uh, they do have strong salads at Chick Fil A. Ain't gonna lie. I've never had a bad meal at Chick Fil A. I don't think. It's a pretty good endorsement.
3: I got the uh, grilled chicken cold wrap for the first time. The oh, other those day. are those are strong too. Yeah, those was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Feel Felt healthy. He- uh,
1: it's exactly what I was gonna say. You feel a little healthy after having one of those. All right, stay with us. It's the opening kickoff. Hey,
3: this is David Morris of QB Country. When I'm in my car, always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station.
0: (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I could eat that seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, boys and girls, here
1: you go. A little Chick-fil-A to get your uh, day started. What you got for us?
2: Well, Otani reaching base five times as starting pitcher has not been done since 1964. Name the last pitcher in Major League Baseball who reached base Five times, a little bit of Hunt, he was in the American League. All right, I don't know if that helps, but it was an American League pitcher. Tani, yesterday, Mark, came a double shy of hitting for the cycle, something no uh, pitcher has ever done in Major League Baseball.
1: All right, uh, and you guys can jump in as well,
2: 694-1055.
1: It's, I, that's, uh, I never really thought about it, but a pitcher has never hit for the cycle.
2: Came close, he did. Mm. This guy's amazing. You know, the big question in baseball now is if the Angels, by All Star break, are kind of like out of it right now. They're I think two games over five hundred, and they're they're in the hunt. But if they're out of it, and Otani is at the end of the year becomes a free agent, do they trade him? That is one of the big issues in Major League Baseball, and what would it take to get Otani? The Angels should go ahead and, I mean, this guy is like a franchise. You know, they have Mike Trout, even though they don't ever go to the postseason. I don't know what it would take money-wise, but I'm sure it would go through the roof to keep this guy because he's both a hitter and a pitcher, and he was the starting pitcher yesterday, went seven innings, not his best game, but he still won. He's 5-1 and one this year, and he's batting over 300. So why would they trade him? If they feel they can't sign him. That's why ah, these right. guys are normally – if they feel that he goes way above their pay scale. And I, it's hard for me to believe because some of the money they've shelled out in the past, like Albert Pujols, the 10-year contract. They brought Josh Hamilton in, spent a boatload of money, and that didn't work out. They brought Rendon in to play third. That hasn't really worked out. Can't imagine, like, with this guy doing what he's doing, why you wouldn't try to keep him. But, again, he may out them. Uh, You guys can jump
1: in at six nine four one oh five five. So here's my uh, biggest issue with the streaming services and I know you guys uh, I know you guys can relate. So if you're not going to watch something specifically, but you're looking to watch something You spend more time going through Looking for something and watching previews than actually Pulling the trigger and saying all right, this is what I'm this is what I'm getting into right so my issue is, like, about 8 o'clock or so, I'll start looking for something. And before you know it, it's 8.30, and I'll finally find something to be like, all right, I'm going to watch this. And then it's two hours long. Like, I can't I can't commit at this welcome point. i got to get up and
2: talk to Leah in the morning. Yeah, welcome to the club. I, I once spent 20 minutes looking for something, and I'm like, wait a second. And I'm a preview guy anyway. Like, I love trailers. I, I'll, I'll watch those all day, so... I did the same I do the same thing, especially with Netflix, because I don't know a lot of the stuff and I'm previewing. And before you know it, 20 minutes later, I said I could have been watching something and yeah. been halfway through it. Yep. How stupid
3: you, is that? You guys got to become a little more decisive, people. Is it's that what t- it is?
2: It's tough when you have so much available, though. It's like going to a buffet. yeah, well, you know you have a, it's like a buffet of TV shows, yeah, movies. But look,
3: when you're at the buffet, you're not just standing there for 20 minutes. You, you know what foods you like. And what foods you're probably going to want. Maybe a food you'd want to try. you got to go in with a plan.
1: Well, that's just it. What if I don't have the plan, though, but I want to watch something on TV? It's like channel surfing, but it's like channel surfing on steroids. Because you can never... It's the allure of the next thing that might be better than what you saw. You find out, do you want to watch a movie or do you want to watch a show? See, I'm more of a... See, here's my problem with this. I want to watch a movie because I feel like a show... That's a legit commitment, right? Like I'm not in it for just an hour or two. I'm in it for like two, three, four,
2: six seasons. Yeah, but All the right. thing Look, is, you, the, show is probably, the show is probably the show is probably going to be like an hour versus a like 90 minutes, two hour movie. That's the to me that's the difference. Like
3: well, you pick the movie, then you pick the genre. What are you feeling? Probably action, right? Oh yeah. Maybe adventure. Oh yeah. Maybe a comedy. Yeah. Give it and all to me. You'll go, the go through the wheel. And then you find ones that you're like, uh, maybe, maybe. And then by the time you go through the whole wheel, you got to go back and choose one of your maybes and make it work.
2: Yeah. Got
3: to be decisive, people.
2: Yeah. It's too difficult. Who calls the shots in your family?
1: Whoever's got the controller. Whoever's got the controllers driving. Is that you? Uh, generally not. Jamie Ferguson's next. Stay with us.
2: Well, when we here we are the champions, we think of blue maps. And to that, we have the Bayside Athletic Director and Soccer Coach, Jamie Ferguson, on. Jamie, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today?
9: Good morning. How are you
2: guys? I could have some fun with you on this one. So how many championships now in soccer? Um, five. Five. Are you getting close to uh, Ann Schilling there with the uh, oh. volleyball? <laughs> how, no, do, I think, does
9: she ever is still divisible by my number.
2: Does she does she have her own room? Like is there a whole like classroom just full of trophies for the for how many 20 in a row or something? 30 all together?
9: Yeah, I think it's 21 in a row. I think she has closets full of them as well.
2: Well, congratulations on your championship! You. Uh, tell us about it. I, what really struck me was when I saw what your leading scorer was—a guy named Joey Jones.
9: Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, he had a terrific season. Joey's been a great ambassador for our program uh, since he was, you know, in middle school. So, uh, yeah, fine young man, and you know, I'm very happy for how his uh, high school career ended—you know, being named MVP.
2: Well, I've been talking soccer with you for a number of years now, and obviously that Bayside program is—you got it going pretty well. Do you return many of the players for next year?
9: Um, We, you know, we we will lose, you know, some significant young men. Um, You know, namely, you just said Joey uh, Bly. Sabrin is going to be a big one we miss. You know, Bly uh, has been our goalkeeper for you know the last few years, and then this year we were very fortunate we had Aldo Bryan in our program, a younger boy, and. You know, we just needed Bly to do something else, so Bly played in the field, um, but, uh, you know, Ballard Sweat uh, had a great season, Tipton Smith had a great season, so we, we will lose, you know, four to five really, you know, pivotable players, but hopefully uh, we've got some in the pipeline ready to, ready to take their spots.
2: Now, this was boys' soccer. How did girls' soccer do this year?
9: Yeah, girls. Uh, Dane had Dane's really, you know, got the program rolling. Uh, the progress is very evident. Um, they were close to they were close to qualifying uh, for the playoffs. Uh, they came third in our area, which is a pretty strong area considering Orange Beach and St Michael's. And uh, St Michael's got beaten the final. Um, but yeah, they're right there. Um, I, I predict Dane's going to have the girls probably up at the final four within the next year or two.
2: Jamie, you're the athletic director at Bayside. You brought in Barrett Trotter to be your football coach. Are they going through spring training right now, spring practice?
9: Yeah, they've, got, uh, they've been working out here for the last few weeks. And um, if, if I remember correctly, depending on yeah, – see, with a small school like ours, you've got to kind of really be able to kind of uh, you know, jump depending on how your spring sports are doing. So when baseball was kind of doing really well, Um, depending on how far they were going, a lot of our baseball players played football. So the spring practice was all hinged upon how far baseball went. Um, And so with baseball, um, you know, losing in the semifinal, I think he was trying uh, this past week to then get spring training activated uh, while we were out of town.
2: There was a story that ran on the wire I want to just ask you about in soccer. Uh, The headline was a goalkeeper punts the ball across the entire field for a goal during this, and I'm not familiar with this Liga de Expansión MX playoffs. Is that? Did you hear about this? That
9: a goal? I didn't. I, I did not hear about it. Does
2: that, is that uh, does that happen much? Where a goalie? How does that happen that he scores a goal?
9: Uh, no, it doesn't happen very often. Um, I think I can only remember seeing three in my lifetime. Um, you know, if they punted it out their hands, uh, obviously that that can be a yeah, that can be a goal, but it's very rare.
2: I'm not even familiar with this league or whatever they were talking about, but that that's you've never seen it in person though,
9: right? No, never, never in person, never on a field that I've been playing on. I've seen it on t v three times.
2: Well, Jamie, I thank you for taking time to join us. Congratulations on the blue map. I'm sure, like I said, you'll find some room for it at Bayside with all the other trophies that have come in. And uh, congratulations!
9: Thanks, guys. You guys have a great day. You
2: too. Bye bye now, Jamie Take Ferguson, Bayside Academy.
1: Uh, I want to tell you guys about our good friend uh, Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. You heard me. You've heard me talk about him for a while now. Um, he is really uh, in the Medicare. Business to help you uh, get exactly the coverage that you need. He's not selling you Medicare insurance. He's simply there to advise you on what's the best route for you. He works with multiple carriers, so Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, Medicare Part D, other services. He's local, so he knows exactly what the situation is that you're dealing with. He's, he's talked to hundreds of people just like you. And while everybody has a, a, a little bit of a unique situation, he's uh, he's done this for so long now that he's familiar with what your situation might be. So if you're new to the area, if you're over the age of 65 or you're still working but looking to retire in the next 12 months, call Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. His number is 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Three, one. Medicare Insurance Advisors is a locally owned and community-driven uh, agency, right? And what they do is they're not just there for your open enrollment. They're a resource for you throughout the whole process. Um, so they're licensed and certified medical, or Medicare Insurance uh, Advisors, and they serve uh, for both Mobile and Baldwin County. He's uh, got a physical location, so go see him. Uh, he's on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Uh, or he can come see you. Never a fee for his services. So uh, whether you you have VA benefits, whether you're still on your health care benefits at work, whatever it may be. Maybe you're a little late to the party and signing up. He can help you with all that information. Give him a call. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Three, one. Did we get a uh, winner uh Nicholas on the uh on the Chick-fil-A, sir?
3: Yes, we did. Garen was the winner.
1: All right, well nice job. He got the answer to your question.
2: Surprise. Good good work there. Uh Mel Stottlemyre, the former Yankee pitcher in 1964 reached base 5 times. He was the last one to do it before Otani. So there's a,
1: a spe- while we're talking high school sports, there's a new rule and it it seems to be um I don't know if it's for girls or girls and boys. The NFHS is now changing free throw procedures. So gone uh, is the one-in-one on free throws when you get to the bonus. Instead, what they'll do is they're eliminating that one-in-one and and they're doing uh, foul limits. Uh, It'll be a two-shot, two shots, and instead of the bonus – Hitting seven free throws and a half, they're going to do it five a quarter. So it resets after every quarter. I can't really wrap my head around whether I'm trying to think from a strategic standpoint if that's an advantage or disadvantage.
2: Why was it? Why was it changed? Do you know? Um, they explain.
1: Yeah, th- um, they're showing that uh, they are higher injury rates on rebounding situations. I guess in free throws. And so they saw this as an opportunity to reduce those scenarios for rough play during rebounds. So Is like it if it's one and one, you're going in for a rebound on essentially both shots. If it's a two shot foul, then technically you're you're cutting that number in half.
2: Mark, I, I don't could see ask you, it, but yep. whatever. That's what I was gonna ask you. Have you seen many injuries on rebounding in high school? No.
1: I no, I have not. I mean, not in that not in a free throw situation. I mean, are there elbows being thrown and stuff during the course of a when
2: a jump shot goes up? Yeah, I've, I've seen. I'll tell you the most flagrant foul that was never called I have ever seen in my life. Uh, I was doing a basketball game in New Jersey, Perth Amboy, and I think it was John Stevens High School. The reason I saw this firsthand was because it was so crowded at press row, they set me up on the baseline. So I was basically underneath the basket, and I was very fortunate at that time— Uh, the the coach at Rutgers, Tom Young, came out and sat with me at the game. So Perth Amboy had the star Blake Taylor, and I'm trying to remember, John Stevens had a star too, I forgot his name, and these were the, it it was one of those games, and you've been to games like this where it was jam packed, you know, you could just feel the tension and, and so forth, and two really good teams and two players, and During a – underneath a a rebounding attempt, the Perth Amboy player punched, literally punched the Stevens player in the face. Just punched him. Yeah. I saw it, and then you have to say, did I really see that? Yeah. The officials didn't call anything. Didn't call one thing. I think think the uh, Stevens player, his nose was broken, and I turned to Tom. I said – did, Did I just, just see what
1: I just saw? Exactly. <laughs>
2: and he's like he just looked at me like and I can't believe what I just saw that it wasn't called. They never called the uh, a foul, or even threw the player out for Perth Amboy for punching this kid in the face. I have, n- of course, being on the baseline, I got a very good view of it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to see it if I was at Press Row. It was just incredible that the officials did not call anything. And the, back then, you had two officials. You didn't have three. I don't know if you've ever come across a, a flagrant situation in high school that was never called. I'm sure you have.
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um. No, I guess, I guess with five a quarter instead of seven a half, it eliminates not only in going to two shots. You eliminate the one and one, so you're not going to get a rebound. Uh, you're cutting that in half, and then you're uh, less likely to go to the line um, now with essentially ten fouls uh, a half as opposed to seven or five a quarter. So I, I guess if you believe that there are a lot of injuries taking place uh, Went in free throw situations and I guess that's one way of looking at it. So I don't know. Anyway, I just saw that come across the wire. So I thought I'd share that with you guys. Uh, coming up. Um, we have a chance for you to get back into uh, the conversation. We've asked a couple things. So Josh Allen out there during BP uh, hit four homers. We're asking uh, which. W- what athletes in other sports do you think would excel uh, at the plate? Don't give me former baseball players that are playing football. Don't give me Russell Wilson. That doesn't count. But uh, who would you like to see up there? And who wouldn't? Like, who would flail? Like, I, have, I, I think that, like, wide receivers, for
2: some reason, just probably wouldn't excel. And you're talking about just batting practice. Now, we're not talking games, right? We're Whatever. talking batting practice. Whatever. Because there's none of them in, the, in any other sport that would excel. You don't think? Oh, I know. Even after
1: practice? Like, with a little practice?
2: No. No way. No, no, no. Would baseball players excel at uh, basketball or football? Not necessarily. I think they would have a better chance to score a basket than uh, another athlete hit a baseball. Have you ever seen these games on TV? These batters, because they show you the center field view. It is extremely difficult, the way that ball moves and how fast they're throwing. What's more likely to happen? A basketball or
1: football player with no baseball experience to get a hit or a baseball player to play in an NBA game and and make a basket?
2: I'd say a baseball player making a basket.
1: Well, yeah, you got to think it's like
3: they would need to – I feel like to even that out because there's so many points that are scored in an NBA game. It happens so frequently. And getting a hit and getting on base is pretty rare. So it would almost be like, could could they score 10 points?
2: I would like to see just uh, these guys go into a batting cage and just take practice swings against that machine throwing 95 miles an hour to get a better idea. But I'm telling you, you can ask any – it is very difficult to hit a baseball. But I
1: feel like it would be – like if the NBA team knew that, I don't know, Lee Stravien, professional baseball player, was playing a game, and their and his goal was to try to score. They would lock him. Oh yeah, up. he
3: wouldn't score. He wouldn't score. See, and, uh, yeah, I guess if you're sa- like if the pitcher is throwing ninety mile an hour fastballs, like they're trying to make you not hit it, and the NBA players are doing the same thing, they are trying to deny you scoring at all costs. Then I don't know, maybe then definitely you you would just hope you would get lucky swinging the bat because there's no way you're going to get by Drew Holiday and get up to court or anything like well, that. Well, let me there's say this. Just, just check
2: batting averages. It's very rare does anybody hit over 300 anymore, and they're all around 250. But at least in basketball, the, the shooting percentages are between, what, 35, 40, something like that, and the good players are above that. So, again, it's hypothetical. Now, there have been, you probably don't remember – but there have been athletes who have done both sports. Gene Conley comes to mind. Dave DeBusher comes to mind that did play baseball and did play basketball. But uh, that doesn't happen anymore. You know who who did it and in, uh, in his very early in his career before he became a TV actor it was Chuck Connors, the rifleman. <laughs>
3: It he he played baseball.
2: He did baseball and he did basketball, not on a high Which level. You can see
1: on Crackle or Roku.
2: <laughs> Definitely on Roku. I can't. I have no idea. I I checked Crackle one time. You know
3: who else played baseball? Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, he
2: did. And uh, you know that the reason he the reason he gave it up. Because my wife asked me about it. She asked me yesterday. Because well, he was watching air. I thought no. you were going to say because my wife
3: asked him to. No. <laughs> continue.
2: If you let me finish, um, <laughs> it was not the reason. The reason he gave up baseball was because they went on strike. If you remember back when, when he left basketball, for whatever reasons, and tried baseball, and then they, uh, baseball was going on strike. It was during that uh, strike period, and that's why he got back with the Chicago Bulls.
1: I thought maybe his his suspension for gambling was up, and he could go back. That's the rumor. Yeah. Yeah. According to this, uh, in 95, Jordan decided to quit baseball because he feared he might become a replacement player during the Major League Baseball strike. Well, Mm. it's a good thing he came back, because now—because
3: if he didn't, then LeBron would be the undisputed GOAT, and now there's an argument.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. It always comes back to the rifleman and LeBron <laughs> being the goat on this show. All right, let's take and a break. For you, it comes
3: back to what? Like, uh, I don't know. Die Hard or something?
2: No, I haven't No, Die Rocky, Hard. Rocky, Bill, Rocky. Rocky. He's in the ro- It says always oh, Rocky and Draper or whoever. You we'll just he
3: say is. like 80s movie. Oh, that's like in this episode of. I feel like you say that
1: a lot. Hmm. I'm just looking for a cultural, uh,.
2: Uh, like a reference to we pop culture. We couldn't get through the draft without Kevin Costner. Oh, who that's can?
3: That's right. That's right. S- it's always S- gotta Sunny come Weaver back to a a movie.
1: Sunny
2: Weaver. Now he screwed up. Black
1: Panther got picked. I don't want to give it away, no, no, but he got yeah. picked number one overall in the draft.
2: Now he screwed up Yellowstone. Yeah, I never watched Yellowstone.
3: Yeah, that's on Paramount Plus. It's probably why I've never seen it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're asking for the best and worst. Uh, products on each streaming service as the NFL is going to Peacock for one uh, wild card game this upcoming season. Uh, what was, what's the best thing you've seen on Netflix? What's the worst? You, you know, next week they're getting rid of HBO Max. Yeah, it's like Max Max or something, right? Yeah,
3: they combined with Discovery Plus, which is a win for Discovery Plus. To be to be perfectly honest. And now I think it's just Max. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't see me being like, hey, yo, did you see that new show on Max last night? Like, that's a name of a human,
1: right? Or, But I can't think of anybody that said, you know what you really need to stream? Discovery Plus. I right. mean, that's where the content is right oh, there. Oh, did
3: you see that new Mythbusters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, your streaming service name, it has to be at least two syllables. Netflix, Hulu, 2B,
1: Prime, <laughs>
3: Amazon.
1: <laughs> Yeah bring me uh, Okay you want my old man moment Bring back cable Oh man Bring back cable Give me everything in
3: one File swoop right there Come on Comcast help us Yeah come on It's Xfinity now Xfinity Comcast Comcast.
2: It's Xfinity
3: Direct TV they just lost NFL Sunday ticket To YouTube Yeah
1: it's ridiculous Someone just said I love some Mythbusters Yeah albino 500 pound people watch discovery plus i can't confirm that i there's no way to 500 pound albino people is yeah. that what <laughs> you said? yeah all right we'll wrap up hour number two next coming up in hour number three philip rivers and uh eric Edholm of nfl.com continue with your comments in the app we'll take your phone calls next six nine four one oh five five the opening kickoff stay with us
5: Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio.
0: Bradford kicks and deals. Acuna to left center. Kiss that ball. Goodbye. Second deck yesterday in Toronto. Second deck today here in Texas. Texas. 7:54,
1: 7:54, wrapping up our number two. Hey, um, Lee, do you have any advice on how to play cornhole? No. Okay.
2: I have played, but I can't give you any advice. This just one of those things about uh, the one thing you want to get some height. Okay. Little, you don't want air
1: underneath. The, yeah, you want metal. air. Yeah, Good you don't art. want a
2: line drive because it'll slide off. So uh, you have a better chance, I think. And, again, I'm not an expert at this. I'm definitely not a I'm asking probe. your advice.
1: Go high. Go, 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 go high. Go, 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 go,
2: yeah, go go with the height because, because that high. way when it lands, because it's, it's probably going to stick. So you have a better chance of sticking. You throw a l- l- short line drive, and it may slay it off. Are,
3: are we just going straight underhand on the throw? Or are we putting like a little kind of underhand
1: with a twist,
3: a Un- backspin no, on it?
2: no, no. Underhand. Yeah, underhand so height.
1: Clearly, uh, Nick and I are, are competing in round two of whatever this is with the final drive, and the we're battle for the nappy. That yeah, I, have, I made a title for it. Yeah, but the problem is we're kind of going in blind. Neither one of us are cornhole uh, veterans. Height. No.
2: And like I said, underhand. All right. Don't so try to throw it like a baseball. That, no, 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 there. no. Just go up very. Shoot it b- like be a free more, Be relaxed about it. <laughs> flip don't, the wrist. don't just yeah. just uh, flip it up in the air and practice uh, do a few practice now, apparently there's a strategy here like i gotta knock their bag off the off the board uh, just worry about assuming they hit the board yeah assuming they hit the board right. just basically concentrate on putting it through the hole and don't worry about where they are because if you're anywhere close to where they are you probably would knock them off anyway so Damn just right. and go and relax and take a few practices don't just go in there cold just get the feel of it. Get the feel of the bean. Yeah, bag. like
1: how far, like regulation. How far are you from
2: the board? Well, I don't know how. Ten feet, maybe. I don't know how it's uh, set it's up. Like where you're going? Throw? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Ten That's seems what I'm asking. Kind of close. We need to maybe hear from 15. you, cornholers. That doesn't
3: sound right. Those people that play well, cornhole. We're we're playing at O'Daly's, and so they have like the cornhole set up all outside. So I get, I'm I'm sure that they have measured it to be regulation.
1: <laughs> okay. Regulation.
3: <laughs> twenty-seven feet. Wow, twenty-seven feet. Huh. That's deep. I feel that's like nine yards. And now, can you stand? Like you can't. Your foot can't go past like the board, right? That's kind of like the free throw line when you toss. Can your arm though? Like is it a beer pong rule? Like you're, you you got to watch your elbows over the table.
2: You're, I don't you're, think you're so. P- you're putting too much into this. Okay, it's I feel it's like I'm not, not a deep enough. thinking. It's not a deep thinking deal. Well,
1: look, we're out to w- we're in it to win it here, Lee. So we need every we need, we're coming off eleven zero.
2: Just go into it relaxed and don't worry about all the stuff you're talking about.
1: After okay, so after the bag is out of your hand, you can step across the line. It's not like a free throw. You do need a beer in your hand for balance. For balance, but you can't step past the board. We're being told. All right. Mm. And what do you play to? Twenty one. By ones and twos? Like, how does that work? And no, by them take ones them? and
3: threes. <laughs> so if, if the it hits the board, you get s- one. If it goes in the hole, it's three. And wow. then they, they, uh, like they'll negate each other. So, like, if we get three on the board and they get one in the hole, then nobody gets points that
1: round. How many rounds do you play t- until you get to 21? T- t- so and could you could be there bust
3: a while. Either. I think if you bust, you go back to 15. I think. Maybe I'm just thinking of the game 21. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know.
1: All right. sounds like we're going to be there a while. It sounds like uh, basketball is a lot more efficient. Just saying. Well, especially when we're playing against people like that. Yeah. And apparently we got, we got uh, challenged by
3: some prep spotlight folk. Yeah, and they, they want to play us either next Wednesday or Thursday. And Check. pigskin Pete, he's on the IR, I heard. For what? Why? So it'll be Bina and Brian.
1: Yeah, that's convenient, considering one of them's been hitting you up wanting to play. And he ain't pigskin. Went out and broke pigskin's leg, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, he pulled that, uh, like in the movie Creed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Creed, well, don't give anything away. All right. Uh, there's your movie reference. <laughs> I'm like, I know, you guys accusing me, me of being the movie guy. <laughs> All right, Philip Rivers is next. Uh, Eric at home at 830 and uh, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com it's the uh, opening kickoff right here on the sports station reminder follow us on social media uh, on Twitter at 105.5 WNSP we're on Facebook we're on Instagram uh, I'm sure there'll be video of round two of our nappy challenge follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Heim follow Lee at Shervanian Lee Nicks at something triple G something or not we'll figure you don't
3: it out. you don't want to follow me you don't want to see what I tweet
1: yeah Matt Ryan this Matt Ryan that stay with us
0: on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. It's hour number three of the opening kickoff. We appreciate you making us part of your morning Mark and Lee Triple G
2: in the studios of WNSP. Check in now with Philip Rivers, the longtime NFL coach and now the coach I said NFL player. Now the coach is St Michaels and by the way, uh, before we get to that congratulations to the soccer programs at St. Michael's. They both reached the finals had a really really good year. Philip, I want to welcome you to the show this morning. Good morning. how are you doing today? Good morning, Lee, Mark. Everything's going well. How about you guys? We're doing wonderful. We're going to check in with you about spring football and and coaching your son. But I wanted to ask you, and it's been on my mind for a couple of weeks now, going back to the NFL draft of the four quarterbacks that were the most talked about, and you had uh, Bryce Young to Carolina, you had uh, Richardson to the Colts, you had Levis to Tennessee, and Stroud to Texas. Which one do you think, or to Houston, which one do you think wound up in the best situation?
4: Well, I think it's really just too early to tell. Uh, I really do. It's just so hard to see kind of how it plays out, what pieces were put around them. Um, you know, uh, all you know those first three all were new coaching staffs. Two of them I know very well, and Frank Reich and Shane Steichen. Um, so I think it's just early, too early to tell. But I, you know, I, I, I thought all along Bryce Young was a real safe pick. You know, he's just so steady and so smart, and everything you hear about. His uh, football IQ and just how you know they say he's just unbelievable uh, in that regard, and obviously a good good player as well. Um, And then Richardson to me uh, was—I was fired up for the Colts to get that one. Uh, I just think his upside—he's only played 13 games. He's 20 years old. I mean, the guy, the guys, the guy's potential is, is through the roof. And knowing what I know about. Chain Dyken in that offense and kind of what he can do. I feel like uh, I feel like he's in a great spot. We around some veteran offensive linemen, uh, a, a tailback who's you know won the rushing title. Um, I, I think it's, I think the indie the indie uh, spot for Richardson is pretty cool.
2: In your day, uh, rookie quarterbacks usually sat and watched and. Uh, Really didn't get an opportunity right away. How do you feel about what is happening in this day and age in the NFL where they they rush these rookies right into the starting lineup? And it is the thought process that some of these we just talked about may be starting even as early as game one.
4: Yeah, it it has changed a little bit. You know, it's crazy. The whole league's changed some uh, in in many different ways. I mean, you look at what they do with coaches now. You don't. There's no time to say, hey, let's wait. We'll get this rookie ready. We got him for six years. Let him sit for one or two, and then we'll go because you don't – these guys, these coaches, they don't win in years one and two. They're gone. You know, so it's it's a little bit crazy. It's almost strategic in that regard. It's like, well, hey, we're playing a rookie, so give me an extra. Give me another year, you know, if it doesn't go well. But – uh, it, it, it is it is crazy I also think the college game and what they're doing is a little more parallel now to the program pro game in terms of there's they're doing a lot more of this RPO and all this stuff uh, you know uh, the read the run game QB read stuff that they didn't we didn't really do in the NFL a, a while back so um, I think the games a little more similar in in that regard so the transition can be a little bit easier for for a quarterback uh, especially doing the movement stuff
2: all right so do you do you subscribe that the drop back quarterback, maybe like a Phillip Rivers or a Tom Brady, has a better chance to go the distance than a, a quarterback that basically is considered a dual threat in the NFL?
4: Well, these guys now, these, these you know, they're so big and strong. You know, I mean, they, they you know the Josh Allen, the this Richardson, you know, Anthony Richardson, six four two forty and runs four four. I mean, I you know, I don't know, and and so. It, they're they so big and strong. They can do both. Mahomes, these guys that are, you know, even Rogers runs better than than, than people give him credit for. You know, I think it's I think it's, it's it's an added benefit if you can run. There's no doubt. But I still think there's something there's still even Daniel Jones runs well. I mean, I still think there is going to be a place for the guys you mentioned, myself, and those kind of guys. Because I think when it's still all said and done, there's going to be multiple third and six pluses in the game that you got to drop back and throw it. And you got to be able to complete from the pocket with accuracy and and, and timing. And I, I still think if you can't do that, then the other won't be enough. So if you can do both really good, then heck yeah, I mean golly, that's awesome. And some of these guys can, and that's why they're you know they're they're the best out there right now. But I, I still think there's a place for uh, can you stand in there and 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 distribute the ball on time and, and accurately.
1: Philip Rivers, our guest here on WNSP, so take us back before uh, leading up to the 2004 nfl draft what were draft nicks gurus talking about your game we sit here and we dissect these guys coming out of college going into the pros what were some of the things that they were saying about you do you remember
4: well I, you know i was coming out of nc state i've been there all four years i played at the, at the time the most consecutive starts in, in college history 51 games in a row i think that's been passed now with all the you know added bowl games and playoff stuff but I played 51 straight games at NC State, and I was coming out, and I was kind of this, kind of this, uh, I don't know, is he a first rounder? Is he a second rounder? We don't really know where he is. He's got this unorthodox motion, but. You know, he's played in a lot of games, and they throw it in a bunch, and he's thrown a bunch of touchdowns, and they win, and, you know, all, all the the positive things that I'm, I'm thankful for that were part of the reason why I ended up going where I where I did. But then I went to the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl was huge for me because I, I got to play for the Chargers staff that week. So, you know, you can watch tape all you want, but I got to, they got to be with me yeah. in the meetings. They got to be with me in the huddle. They got to be with me on the practice field. And so that week for me was really big. You throw in the so then that really was where my draft stock, for lack of a better term, elevated right there and, and skyrocketed. And. And then you throw in the fact that Eli was, you know, very set on not going to San Diego. So yeah. that kind of set the stage for uh, for the opportunity for San Diego to, you know, make that trade with the Giants at four and me and, uh, and end up in San Diego. But, you know, I, I was kind of the year before, I, you know, you can petition a league or whatever, you know, all these guys, these early draft entries, and I was a mid-round, I was a third to fifth round guy or whatever, I don't know what they say going into my senior year, Um and then uh, you know everything else. As it as they got closer and closer, it just kept kept moving up the board.
1: Yeah, the the only reason I ask you is because I came across some anonymous NFL offensive coordinator, general manager, and personnel director comments specifically about you leading up to the 2004 NFL draft. Thanks. Yeah, All right. you want to hear a couple of them? Yeah. One general manager, and they're, they're all over the place. The first one, the general manager, don't think he can throw the deep ball. Uh, offensive coordinator, his senior bowl was one of the great performances of all time. Phenomenal. His delivery is funky, but he can get rid of the ball. Sidearm. An offense coordinator said he's special, makes things happen, has Brady-like characteristics, unorthodox delivery, but I don't see it bothering him in games, outstanding production, been the MVP in every bowl game he's ever played, and those are just the top
8: three.
4: Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, the only one I will say <laughs> that I have to disagree with is can't throw the deep ball. Now I can't throw it as far as some of these guys can throw it, but there were plenty of. Uh, I had a couple of years where I think we we led the league in uh, in you know biggest pass play play chunks down the field. So yeah, but yeah, no, it's cool. It, it is crazy. That was uh, twenty uh, almost twenty years ago. Yeah, time flies.
1: And that you can find anything on the internet, apparently.
4: Yeah, dang, that's wild.
2: Philip Rivers joining us, uh, head football coach at St. Michael's. Is height that big a deal? You know, they made the big deal with Bryce Young. Do you think that's a big detriment?
4: Well, he, he's 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 been. Uh, I mean, he obviously had great success at Alabama. I, I mean, Drew Brees is one of the best of all time. Uh, I, I mean, it, it is it's definitely more difficult. There's no denying it's more difficult. I was teammates with Doug Flutie my first year at, with the Chargers. It was uh, Doug Flutie, Drew Brees, Cleo Women, who played at Arkansas State uh, in college, and then my, my, myself. There were four of us on the roster, the 2004 San Diego Chargers. And... Uh, Doug Flutie shorter than both of these guys, both of them, Bryce Young, Drew, and those guys. But he would always say, you know, we would have conversations. He would just say, I'm playing a different game. You know, I would throw a ball into the flat for whatever reason, kind of right stacked behind the right tackle, you know. And uh, Doug would have said, I would have made the same throw, but I would have thrown it completely blind. I would have just known, well, he must be standing behind this guy. I can't see him. And I had to throw it around the guy. So, it is a different game, I think. Obviously, you learn to adapt. I mean, Doug Flutie, I mean, I mentioned this guy that, guys that I had been around. And when I think about that with Bryce Young, they they know that's who they are. You know, I loved what he, his comment was. You know, I've got to control the things I control. I'm not getting any taller. You know, it's like, well, hey, I don't know. I am who I am. And obviously, uh, he's he's had great success thus far. But I do think it it is more difficult. However, they've always played it that way. So, uh, you know. The guys I mentioned, you know, Drew obviously is all, all thrown for more yards than anybody. So um I think it certainly can be overcome and has proven to, but it it definitely is more difficult.
2: I hadn't heard Cleo Lemon's name in quite some time. <laughs> it's a throwback. Philip. what's the game plan for spring football at Saint Michael's these days?
4: Well we've had a we've had a good spring. Uh we've we've gone the modified spring route, meaning we're not you know, we didn't have our ten days or get to practice in pads or play a spring game. Uh, you know, now in Alabama, you, you you go you forego the spring, traditional spring, and you get an extra week in the fall. So we'll be able to start our training camp July the thirty first, as opposed to August seventh. So we gain a week in the back end. And so this this time of year, we've been doing a lot of agility, conditioning, speed work, and then you can mix in football. We get two hours a week with the ball out there. So we've been doing some, you know, still getting in some uh, football work and install and, and form rack and, and things like that. But it's has it's been a solid spring. You mentioned soccer. Our soccer team had a great, a great season. Uh, we, we have some guys with track, uh, uh, baseball. So it works out better for us that, this way, uh, and we still get our, that extra week in the fall. But it's it's been a good spring. We're gonna be we're gonna be young this year. We lost some key seniors, but uh, we got some good young talent up, and uh, I'm excited excited to head into year three.
2: What's your evaluation of a potential quarterback with the last name of Rivers?
4: Well, he uh I tell I tell him, I mean he's gonna be the quarterback unless he jacks it up. So um he uh he's he's, he's had a good spring. He's getting big. I mean he's six one now, about hundred and seventy pounds and um, you know, he got in a few games last year and played J V last year, so um he's he's fired he's fired up. I, you know, it's, it's exciting, you know, for our family. I mean, I, I I dreamed of playing for my dad uh some you know you know, twenty five, twenty six years ago. And uh, and now kind of getting to relive that experience as dad and 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 coaching my son. So um, he's he's part of a really good rising freshman class here. And um, you know, shoot, uh, we got we got a mix of young guys. We got another tough schedule. You know, we're playing Spanish Fort in the uh, in a jamboree August the 17th, and then and then we then we open with Gulf Shores and just uh, play McGill again non-region along with our tough Region One schedule, which is just like it is for everybody down there. Region One all the way up is is tough and uh you know it's not quite as tough as six eight region one that's a monster but it's, it's pretty tough when you talk about miller and jackson and orange beach and bayside and scambia and it's in fat so it's a, it's a heck of a schedule but we're we're excited about it
2: does he remind you of yourself at that age uh is he a lot different or does he throw sidearm or just what
4: yeah he is uh he's better than i was as a ninth grader there's no question uh he, he throws it a lot better and uh and just has a, a better understanding i mean I, He's watched more – I mean, I watched a ton of football, but he's watched more football than I ever thought about watching before I was in the ninth grade and uh, and, and been around it like I was in a capacity. You know, I was around my dad's teams, but he's been around it in NFL locker rooms and watching every Sunday from the from, from right there in midfield. So um, he's a little bit ahead of where I was, but as far as a passer – um, and he is like me a lot in terms of how he thinks about the game and loves the game, but he's got a little more of his mom's personality, so he won't be arguing with the refs, and he won't be you know, talking to the other <laughs> team as much, so it's good. So I think he got the best of both. Uh, so it's good that he won't be as uh, animated and have to have to deal with some of that scrutiny. I think he'll be a little more uh, little more even keel out there.
1: Hey, man, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, by the way, Matt Ryan, not calling it quits, he says, but he's headed to the booth. Uh, I know we've talked about this with you, but your thoughts on, quickly, Matt, Ryan, and did you ever consider headed to the booth for any extended period of time or even temporarily?
4: Yeah, I saw that about Matt, uh, which is interesting. You know, I I don't know if he just wants to leave the door open in case somebody comes calling here, you know, in August or September, which I assume that was the case for him. yeah, no, I, I kicked it around a little bit. Um, it just—it was just—you go from playing 17 games, 16 games, eight of them be on the road, and then if you go into the booth and broadcast games, now you're going to 16 games all on the road. And it was like, holy cow! I, I wanted to be more time with the family and, and be around in a little more of a steady schedule, not go, not not go travel more. And uh, it's something about too for me, which I, I would enjoy that because y'all know I like to talk, but and I like to talk about the game, but I think for me, not having any impact in the score would have been hard. Yeah. To just sit there and talk about it and go, I have no effect on the outcome of this game. None. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I couldn't get myself there.
1: And, I, th- and I, I know I'll let you go, but I think that's part of coaching, right? Uh, especially when you start coaching kids at a young age, you feel like if somebody's going to screw this up, it's going to be me, right? <laughs> like, let, let me do it. I'll do it. You can't sit back yeah, and watch no, somebody yeah, else do no, it.
4: No question. And and then just the, 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 the true desire to want to help, in any best way you can, put you of your players in a position to to have success, and obviously you, you fall short of that in plenty of times. But yeah, that the beauty of coaching to me is, yeah, you know, be the best he can be, and so it's been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. I still got I still got a lot of work to do to get better, but it's been it's been fun so far.
1: Hey, well, thanks for spending some time with us. It's always a good time to have you on, man. Uh, and we'll be in touch for sure.
4: All right, guys, enjoy. It. Have a good day. Yep,
1: that's Philip Rivers, ladies and gentlemen, coach over at St. Michael's. We'll come back with the traffic and weather. And then Eric at home at 835-ish or so of NFL.com. Continue with your comment and comments in the app. Things are getting feisty in there, by the way. Feel like I've got to be the mediator. Step in like the official. No rabbit punches, kidney punches. Keep it above the waist, boys. We're all one big happy family here. We tend to disagree from time to time, but well, let's not make it personal. Why, would, why don't y'all find
3: some common ground? Go to votenappies.com.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Something we can all agree on. Maybe we gotta have uh, listener boxing matches for nappies, and we charge tickets for that. Yeah, whatever. Winner gets a Chick-fil-A gift card. We'll have it on t- the roof
3: of the studio. Yeah. After we'll hours, we'll stream it on Roku or
1: Crackle or whatever. We'll catch it on Tubi. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with us. Plenty left.
5: This is Will Herring, a
4: member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNST
6: 105.5. Very interesting moment. Start of the fourth quarter, LeBron's in the game, and Mark Jackson says just kind of flippantly, if I'm LeBron, I'm playing this whole fourth quarter. And up to that moment, LeBron had sat for 48 seconds in the game. So what Mark Jackson was saying is LeBron, in year 20, in game six, the expectation is play 47 of 48. And he would have, but they took everybody out at the end. And LeBron f- peaked at the end. That was LeBron's best game of the postseason. And it continues to show you that underestimating that guy is the worst bet in sports. We have seen Devin Booker play unbelievable. And then the- All
1: right, wrap it up there, fanboy. It's the opening kickoff, Mark and Lee and
2: LeBron lover Triple G. Actually, I hope LeBron's team wins over Denver and gets to the championship. uh, And we get to a Celtic, maybe Laker. We'll see. But that's game one tonight. Looking forward to that. If you have any uh, dental issues, oral or facial surgery issues, I recommend you call Dr. Christopher Mullinex at 715 downtown or Boulevard. If you have an emergency, give them a call. Maybe they can fit you in. Probably can at 471-3381. They specialize in all kinds of oral and facial surgery, uh, dental implants, of which I've had many, uh, wisdom teeth, uh, and it, the list goes on and on and on. He has a lot of help there with uh, Dr. Wallander and Dr. Uh, Babston, and again located at 715 Downtowner Boulevard. And I'm going you know, to just throw away all the notes I have, and what I really liked about it was that you enter that building, very little paperwork into the uh, x-ray machine, you're done there, then to the dental chair, out of there in 30 minutes, best sleep I've had in quite some time, and the next day, no pain and very, very little discomfort with my dental implants. But I know others have gone in there with more serious things than a dental implant with uh, oral surgery needed or facial surgery. So, again, I highly recommend Dr. Christopher Mullinex. For the best sleep in town. It was. 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> next best sleep. Just come here and do the morning show.
1: <laughs> All right, so there are a couple guys going after it in, um, in the app, and uh, I don't even know what y'all are arguing about, but somebody offended someone about something. Yeah. Oh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was during our um, our streaming conversation because we, uh, we were talking about the NFL streaming on. Uh, uh, Peacock, Peacock, and then I think someone. Oh said Oh yeah, Dico- about Discovery Plus. Yeah, being uh, the other guy w- said yeah. that only certain people watch Discovery Plus, and, and someone the other guy took offense d- to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, someone also suggested Lee that the opening kickoff in the final drive should compete in boxing.
2: Fine, go ahead. I'm not who involved. Who do you think would win, Lee? Who it do I think will win? If it were
1: if it were me versus Corey and Nick versus Bronner, who you got?
2: Us, our team
1: just in a in a sweep yes how many rounds
2: well if you haven't boxed before i don't think you'd want to go more than three rounds maybe two or three minutes each it's a very exhausting very exhausting yeah And, and you know you could say whatever you want and i don't care what kind of shape you're in but pounding away two or three minutes it's a very pause very exhausting.
3: I feel like Mike will be the ta- the type to try and grab me, you know? Well, you can't Catch do, a breather. If you're
2: going straight boxing, he's not allowed to do that if you have a good official in there.
1: Well, here's my movie reference. I feel like he'd be trying to, like, Clubber Lang, like, trying to knock you out with one punch. Stop wasting your punches! You're the champ!
3: No, I feel like he'd have, like, propeller arms. <laughs> you know how, like, those guys fight when you don't know how to fight, you're just really swinging your arms in front of you like that? How about I, kickboxing that would be Corey. They might both have that (laughs) style. I don't know. (laughs) I'm coming in there like Manny Pacquiao, though.
1: Oh, boy. All right. Eric at Home is next. Talk some NFL. Stay with us. again it's 8 32 the opening kickoff continues mark lee triple g remember uh follow us on social media on uh, twitter at 1055 wnsp follow uh lee at shervanian lee follow me at mark underscore hi and follow us of course on facebook and instagram that's probably where you'll find the video of uh the opening kickoff defeating the final drive in cornhole which is scheduled for later this morning uh as we continue to
2: uh Whip votes for the nappies. Just wish I could get it, but I don't have peacock, so I'm sorry about that. Do we have uh, Eric ready to go? We do. Eric at home with uh, NFL.com, featured writer. And, Eric, first of all, apologies. Uh, I did suggest tightrope. They they didn't uh, accommodate me or you. So maybe next time.
6: Yeah, apparently it was the Janelle Monae version. I'm I'm not familiar with uh I think it's her work. Uh but yeah, Stevie Ray Vaughn was what I was going for. So that's all right. That's all right.
2: We'll work on it though. We're we're, we'll work on it, we're yeah. working on it. Um let me ask you first of all, your opinion of the NFL going peacock with a wild card game and how you feel this may work out. Obviously a lot of money involved, but I brought up the thing about sponsors as far as getting ratings. How do you feel about
6: mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the future is streaming, right? I mean, we, we always see our habits in terms of how we're performing now and, and those of us, uh, the three of us included, over a certain age, right? We we have uh, our ways of watching games and we may not subscribe to all the other you know streaming devices and, and our streaming uh, apps, I should say, out there, but when the NFL can get 110 million dollars for one game, it's going to take that price every day. And all it does is, you know, raise the competition for the TV rights and and create future um, sort of uh, competition, I guess, to get these games. And you know, we we saw last year with the Amazon Prime games that you know people were willing to adjust their behaviors and and change their patterns in order to watch even a game in some cases. So. Yeah, while you know the the old head in me is, is maybe slightly ambivalent about it, I, I do think we're kind of heading in that direction anyway. And I think if we played this clip ten years from now, we might laugh at how antiquated it sounds. Where <laughs> there's a future, you know, where there's a future where every game is is available by a streaming app so yeah i mean i think this is sort of the the way we're headed
2: obviously with the nfl you can't fault them with that 110 million right. my question is though can nbc universe recoup that money is it possible through subscriptions or whatever
6: yeah, I mean, I think that's the hope, right? I mean, you're you're paying for this service. It's almost like a you know a different form of of what we know cable TV to be. And uh, I mean, I'm not a media expert in the sense that I, I mean I don't have enough knowledge even as long as you know I've been doing this stuff to really understand how the the funding for these works but obviously it's subscription-based and um you know there's obviously advertiser dollars as well and so it's a great experiment i mean it'll be fun to see whether this is a viable business model whether these these uh, you know broadcasting uh entities are are making a wise investment you think about has there ever been an nfl owner who's bought a team and had regret as far as the the value in return? Of course not. I mean, the last, you know, 20 new purchases have all been windfalls. So, you know, if you think about it from those terms, the NFL has been a consistent winner for decades now. I would imagine that these services hope that they can ride the coattails of that and, and get their money back and make it worth it
1: yeah i think uh in my get off my lawn moment though i just wish we had this thing called cable where everything kind of was in one place at one time you don't have to subscribe to all these different streaming services and i'm just wondering if if we get to the point where this this thing kind of blows up in their face and consumers kind of revolt because they have to get four five six different streaming services to watch their teams in any one given season you know
6: i hear you oh i believe me i mean i get it i think there is a little sense of, or, you know, what, what, exa- what exactly are we doing here? You know, yeah. but I, when it gets to the point when there are too many, eventually the, the ones that aren't sustainable will, will die off and there'll be two, three, four major ones and they'll be fighting for all the, the content. And, you know, that's kind of how the, the market goes, I guess. But I hear you. Believe me, there's there's already some of that pushback. But I, I think the league's smart to make the, the dive and see how it works.
2: You did a lot of research. You did a lot of writing on the NFL schedule, which really takes into a lot considering the 272 games or however many there are. Which teams, if any, do you feel had, let's say, the better schedule? Would Would you favor a team with the schedule they had?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's hard on one aspect because you look and obviously the teams that had or the the divisions, I should say, that had poor records last year, like the NFC South in in general or or the uh, AFC South as well. I mean, they're going to end up having kind of the best opponent win percentages. And, you know, if you do like a guy like Warren Sharp does, he measures what the projected win totals are for every team and then calculate that based on who you're playing on the schedule and everything. I mean, it still kind of works out to the same kind of – have you know, or half dozen, or, or even dozen teams that all kind of fit in that category. But two that stand out. I mean, I think the Saints have a, a schedule that, even with a few speed bumps along the way, I think is very favorable for them, especially in the division where you know the Bucks barely got across the finish line last year. We know Tom Brady's gone. I don't know if you call it a rebuild, but they're certainly in a a reshuffling there. Um, You know, Atlanta probably has a similar situation, Carolina too. But uh, I would, because of the Derek Carr acquisition, maybe the most stable team, I guess. It's hard to say. There's still some unknowns there with Kamara and everything else. But Michael Thomas, what do we expect out of him? But, you know, you you consider their situation as a team and and the division situation as a whole – and put it into context within the, the games they play, I think it lines up pretty nicely for them. Atlanta was was kind of right behind them, but in my opinion, um, uh, the, the Saints have a very winnable schedule. They can win 10 or 11 games, even if they're, you know, maybe not a, an 11-win team on paper.
2: Eric Edholm, NFL.com. Here's, here's my problem with that, though. Yeah, I know it looks great. Saints have the easiest. Falcons do. But that, but that changes from year to year. You don't know... The teams they may be facing and there's so much movement in the nfl and with new draft picks coming in and free agents the fact that they face teams that won 42 percent of the games last year there's no guarantee that's going to happen this year
6: right that's why i like the way warren does it which is you know looking at based on projected win totals for this year so you're right i mean if you look at them maybe 60%, 70% Sixty, seventy percent of them are fairly close to what the win what win total was last year. So you know, there's obviously a little bit of, of mimicking what we you know saw from them a year ago. We know it can change vastly, but in some cases, based on critical acquisitions, you know, major free agent uh, classes, things like that, uh, trades they executed, dramatic. Shifts in the personnel. On the flip side, too, guys, they lost in free agency, major injuries, suspensions, whatever. You factor all that in, and say, okay, you know, in Vegas, they're they're viewing the the Vikings as a nine-win team coming off a thirteen-win season. Let's say, I don't know what the number is exactly, but somewhere around there, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, whatever it is. So clearly, people have looked at a team like the Vikings and say, all right. They were outscored last year, but somehow they went 13 and nine. I don't think 13 and nine is is feasible again, or I mean 13 and four, I should say rather. So, you know, if you factor it in like that and say, here's what we think this team is going to win this year, taking in the the Vegas aspect as well, but also computer models, analytics, all that, you end up with a better number. It's not perfect, but it's better than than just looking at last year's standings.
2: Do you think teams – I don't know if you've ever interviewed coaches or players about this, but do you think teams – there's four teams that don't have a primetime game actually favor a consistent schedule, play every Sunday at noon or at 3, without having all this primetime and a discombobulated schedule and like two or three days rest? Or do you really believe that teams really look forward to the primetime
6: games? I, I – well, players versus coaches may be a different debate. If you ask a coach – they would love nothing more than to play at 1 p.m. Eastern time every single Sunday, don't need to be on Monday Night Football, don't need to be on Sunday Night Football, don't need to be on Thursday, don't need to go to London, don't need to, you know, in their minds, consistency is is the best thing. They make, they make a schedule, they stick to it, guys get in a routine. Now, players may look at it a little differently. They understand that primetime games have more eyeballs on them, a chance for them to you know, showcase a big performance and perhaps turn that into a free agent windfall or whatever. I mean, I think players are are more in the entertainment business than the coaches are. So they may view it a little differently, but then again, you know, ask a guy if he's thrilled about losing his entire Tuesday. You know, it's their day off, and and you you get back at 2 a.m. from a chartered flight. And then, you know, you wake up at noon or something like that, and your whole day is gone being on the road. I mean, that, that's a different story. It looks great on, on when you get the schedule. Hey, we got some primetime games. It's school. Then it gets into the season when your body's rejecting that idea, and maybe it's a little different.
1: So is it a good thing or a bad thing that the Jacksonville Jaguars are playing not one but two straight games in London? That's probably a good, good thing? I
6: don't know. You mean as far as how their travel logistics right. go and things? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. You also, you know, last year for the first time, and it's continued this year. We have teams coming back from London. Some of them, you know, the Germany games I think are all followed by a bye, but uh, I could be wrong about that. But I know that, that that a lot of the Europe games they play, they come back, they have game the next week. There's yeah. no bye week get baked in anymore. So I feel like this is a fascinating. Test study here for how a franchise in London might be viable one day. Is that gonna is that a sure thing? Is it guaranteed to happen? No. You know, could it take a long time? Absolutely. I mean, I can remember hearing about a team in LA which was held out there as this, you know, sort of dangling uh, shiny object for for twenty years, and they, and it took a while, but eventually, you know, they got two. So. I don't rule out the one possibility. Certainly the Jags are the one team that's been mentioned the most with them. But the big picture, as you said, is it better for you to go over there, spend you know, 10, 11 days in London or whatever, play your two games, come back? Maybe, but I know the jet lag is now bad on two ends, whereas your body may not be fully adjusted after a quick trip, like a four- or five-day trip.
2: Eric, we've got a very well-known NFL head coach coming to town tonight. John Harbaugh is going to be the guest speaker at the Team Focus fundraiser. When I think of Harbaugh, of course, I think of Lamar Jackson and the fact that he signed this, what, I guess, a five-year deal or however it was without an agent. Are you aware of any other players that negotiate on their own without an agent? And do you see this maybe – becoming uh, more and more where you don't have to pay an agent. You just uh, negotiate yourself. Is this something that can work?
6: Yeah, it's, there's, there have always been a hand – not always, I shouldn't say that. I mean, there have traditionally been a handful of players who have repped themselves. and. Um, you know, he even goes back to uh, Sean Gilbert. Remember the old pit defensive tackle who came out and was with the Carolina Panthers and I, I believe he served as those agent back in the 90s and uh, now works on the agency side as well and um, you know, demanded a trade and got you know, got it to where he wanted as a player. I think that was probably a empowering thing for him. Uh, other players have followed suit too. It's It's more rare than anything else. I don't know that a lot of players come into the league confident that they can they have the the industry knowledge, the contract understanding, the, the 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 way things work and know how the negotiations go and and just the mental strength to stand up to a team that you know that that you've called home for for 4 years and say no. I'm not taking that. Cuz it gets nasty in those negotiations. The agent's the buffer. I mean, half of what those guys do is deflect the negative stuff the teams throw at them in order to drive their price down. They say, well, we like them, but here are the eight reasons why we don't want to overpay them. When you have to tell that to a player directly, as the Ravens certainly did with Lamar, you know, it can create some tension and some awkwardness. So I credit Lamar for having the the kind of strength to, to, to deal with these things and the confidence to know it's going to work out. And I credit the Ravens for for being tough but fair, too. So great job by Eric DaCosta, great job by John Harbaugh, and a great job by Lamar Jackson. I think it at least opened the eyes of some players that, hey, maybe I can do this, but it does take a special type, I think.
2: Yeah, I had another uh, question to ask you. We've talked about Matt Ryan this morning. Do you foresee him actually coming out of retirement somewhere down the road if a team really is desperate for a quarterback? And I don't mean desperate that they need Matt Ryan, but just figure that he could uh, maybe do something to help that team along.
6: Yeah, I mean, we've seen obviously quarterbacks in in unusual situations sort of come out of retirement or they're – you know they're they're they don't sign with a team but they're staying in shape and, and waiting for that opportunity now the fact that matt's doing a broadcasting thing i don't even know exactly their plans for him but it sounds like they're going to try to break him in and kind of leave that flexibility to 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 leave on a whim and if, if there is a, an opportunity and you know if a starting quarterback goes down and you know there's an offense that that he would make some sense in where there is some talent there is protection. I mean last year everything fell apart in India. I don't think it was really his fault. Did he play great? No, but I don't think you put it all on him. and if there is that perfect spot and there may only be a handful of teams that truly qualify where the starter goes down and they're going to be out for a length of time and maybe there's a young QB2 or somebody they don't fully trust or they've given that guy a chance and they haven't fit, or haven't succeeded. Yeah, I could see it happening, but, you know, I don't know that applies to half the league. It's going to be a select few teams in the right spot, but, yeah, it, this this could be a nice transition for him as he figures out his next step. He's Eric
1: Edholm, NFL.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Eric underscore Edholm. Sir, always a pleasure uh, to have you on the show, man. We appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. All right. See you guys. Thanks. One final segment of the day. It'll be a short one. I got a little news of the weird. I forgot about earlier today. Um, this one guy got uh, pulled over, s- suspected for uh, drinking and uh, driving. He uh, switched places with the uh, with his companion. I'll tell you exactly who that companion was when we come back. Didn't exactly work out. Didn't happen here. I should make that very clear. This was in Denver. Also, we'll set the table. You can give us that, that last bit of uh, <laughs> motivation or that 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 advice when we take on the final drive today in Cornhole. Nothing gets the blood pumping quite like a game of Cornhole, says the guy that's never played Cornhole. All right. Get those inspirational speeches ready. Your calls are next.
8: Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5.
1: course coming up here in a second because it, it's it's a catchy tune you
0: gotta try it
1: but it. Try to the internet c- continues to be undefeated um, yeah this this is the broner national anthem Cornhole.
0: Cornhole. Good for <laughs> your soul.
1: all right Cornhole. you guys can
2: jump in 694-1055 I mean, to me, it, it, you go back, it was just beanbag toss. Yeah, I don't know. I, I How did it evolve? And, and again, I had not heard that term until Mr. Bob Baumhauer told me about it, that it was becoming a staple at, at restaurants. They had cornhole competition. I didn't even know what he was talking about. To me, it was always beanbag toss. Yeah. Well,
3: the official regulation cornhole bags are supposed to be filled with corn, not beans. mm. I think maybe the beans hit the board different. <laughs> they just hit different? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, if, some, if for some reason Michael and Corey start to get off on a little bit of lead, we may need to cut that bag open Yeah. and see if there's actually
2: corn in there, if they like, replaced
1: it with some weights. Like those something. anglers that got busted
3: for the, that? for
2: the lead and the fish, remember? They got jail term.
1: Yeah, they, they, got, uh, they
2: got their license revoked. They're remote. lucky they didn't
1: get the hell beat out this of them in the middle uh, of the tournament.
2: I had that story. We never got to it. It was Lake Erie, and they were found— of tampering uh, with the fish, and uh, this was about a year ago, and they finally got sentenced, like uh, probation, but ten days in prison yeah. for stuffing the fish with <laughs> lead. Like, with lead, and obviously they had to give up the prize of the boat and all that. So that apparently, goes what saying. gave
1: it away was that not only were they heavy, but it was the way in which the weight was distributed, like based on the size of the fish. Like the judges were like there's just no way this fish that's this small is this heavy. Yeah, cheaters. So they got really greedy with the way they were adding lead and so they cut one open and you guys remember when that story first broke like all hell broke loose like those other anglers were ready remember. to literally kill absolutely kill and
2: maul. Got to rightfully hit, don't so. forget your news of the weird. We only got a minute or two. Remember? Oh uh, yeah, we could have held on to it, but whatever. Oh, weren't so
1: in uh Denver, Colorado, Uh, they pulled over a guy that was allegedly driving while intoxicated. Apparently he got lost. So when he was approached by police, they pulled over. He tried to switch places with his companion in the uh, passenger side. The problem with this was his companion was his dog. So he put the dog in the driver's seat, he got in the passenger seat. <laughs> he was doing 52 in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. They watched, the officers literally watched the driver try to switch places with his dog, who was in the passenger seat. Then, wait, it gets better. Police said the man got out of the passenger side of the car, claimed he was not driving, dog sitting in the, in the driver's seat. The officer said, look, Clearly, he had signs that he was intoxicated, right? They asked him about how much alcohol he consumed. Dude tried to run off. According to reports, the officers apprehended him less than 20 yards
2: away. <laughs> the reason I wanted to hear this, I I've seen
1: cornhole uh, holes further away I than how far <laughs> this right? well,
2: Maybe you were going to hit me with some celebrity was in no. this side. A dog? What kind of a dog did they say? It did not—I don't think it says— what kind well, of dog uh, it was? If p- he put a dog in the seat, too, that's too much. What me. me. No, I'm serious. What'd that me? is too much. What's the dog? I mean, I've seen, I've seen motorists with dogs on their lap, which I can't get. Or, you know, they're driving with dogs on their lap and things like that. But to replace, put them in the driver's seat and claim that the dog was driving? Yeah. What, are you going to arrest the dog?
1: Yeah. Hey, I mean, dog, get out, get out you, here.
2: That's
3: you that's got a your reasonable license? reasonable reason that the driving was bad. Yeah. All, all you need in court is reasonable doubt. I wasn't yeah. in the seat. I can't be driving if I'm uh, not in the seat. Hey, look. Of course I was. Swir- of course the car was serving swir- a dog was driving. Yeah. Yeah. Roll up
2: to the, I uh, rolled down the window. Doberman Pinscher. Hey, can I see your license, yeah. please? But here's the best
1: part. So they stopped the car and the cops are literally watching him switch seats with the dog. Like, <laughs> how do you just not let him off for just sheer creativity? creativity? Yeah. Creativity. Just let him go. Just let him go. All right. I got the official cornhole rules here. Uh. Nick, I'm going to read them before we get out there. All right. In fact, uh, that's that'll be what I'm doing during our, our promotions meeting. I'll be reading, reading on <laughs> cornholes. The American Cornhole Association. I feel like this has a feel for being a potential dodgeball sequel to dodgeball. Like, average we going to get the cornhole movie going? Yeah.
2: Yeah. What do we got going on tomorrow there, Lee? Let me uh, give it a thought. Oh, yes. We have Chris Stewart from the Alabama Radio Network. We've got Dale Osborne to recap tonight's first game. We didn't get much chance to talk about the Lakers in Denver. Dale will tell us his thoughts on it, and then we'll give ours. So those are two areas we're going to delve into. Plus, uh, we're going to get Ross Jackson on the Saints.
1: All right. For a Triple G and for Leah Mark, that does it until tomorrow at 6. See ya.